the 243rd episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quiz cast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. My name is Quizmaster Lee, and as usual, I'm joined by fellow master of the quiz, Mark Davis! Ah, uh, yes. Here again. Back. Home again, home again, jiggity jig. It's good to see you. We're, it's good to see you. We're in person today. Indeed. You said, yeah. you know, we can do Zoom at this time, or we can do it at my place at around one. I was like, you just stop talking. Yep. You stop them sticking. I'll be lips. there. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> I'm on my way. And we're joined by Kyle today. Hi, hi. Welcome back to the show. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Heard you got some uh, questions to drop on us today. I do. I always, every time, so I, I don't know about you guys, but I just, I like reading a lot, you know, and then whenever I come across something that's interesting, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to write that down. Ooh. And then once I get up to five, I'll usually let Lee know, like, hey, Lee, I got some questions. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, okay. I've got enough of a, a, uh, a, a sandbag of questions to haul at you. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't wait to hear some of those, but... Before we get to that, definitely want to send a thank you to Elliot and Amelia and Wilson oh. and Lachlan for hosting last week's episode. They did a great job. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. But, it is tradition. Yes. Mm-hmm. No no thank you, though, to them for keeping me locked up in the attic and then baking me into cookies. Yeah, that was, that was a little cool. rude. It's a little rude. Not cool. Not yeah. cool, guys. Not nice. But yeah, so uh, it's been an interesting week for me. How about you? <laughs> yes, it's been an interesting week. It has been uh, it's been a real wild one, wild one. Mm-hmm. As you know, in uh, uh, lyrics to Goville, we are in the midst of Police Pearl. Yes, indeed, a month dedicated to how terrifying and creepy and incel esque the police, and specifically Gordon Shumway, as Seth likes to call him, uh, is and was at uh, at his height with the band The Police. So, been uh, doing a lot of. Uh, been doing a lot of hemming and hawing, talking about that. We have Mike Canary coming on, um, who is a very big police fan, uh, to talk about our next song, uh, which will be "Can't Stand Losing You." Um, uh, so yeah, it's been it's been great there. Work has been uh, insane as usual, and I uh, had found a leak um, and destroyed a bunch of my flooring in my kitchen. Oh no. So it's been a wild, it's been a wild, hectic week. Band practices abound, but, uh, always nice to cut out a little time and get here together with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not all bad though. You were telling me about this, uh, game show. This like, yes, it's kind of a quiz show. Yeah. So I, I tend to get, um, like addicted to things and, and take them in as much as I can. Uh, for a while, there was black tar heroin. For a while, no, <laughs> it was on, not black tar heroin. Um, so I started watching this uh, game show called Game Changer that is uh, done on Dropout TV, which is the streaming service of the defunct College Humor, which is a very funny name to call um, College Humor ending and starting a new project and calling it Dropout Yes, um, But it's a game show where uh, every time the game is different, or almost every time the game is different, a bunch of very, very funny comedians. I think the tagline is, the only way to play is by learning. The only way to learn is by playing. The only way to, the only way to play is by learning. <laughs> the only way to win is by playing. 
or no i yeah it's confusing yeah. and the only way to begin is by beginning yes that's right yeah so um, they yeah they change the uh the format of the game show every episode which i think is a very clever concept it is and uh it has uh it it the first episode i saw i had tears in my eyes laughing and there were a bunch of other good shows on there um like um actually which i suggested to fletcher and Kristen. Um, because Fletcher is a, a nerd amongst nerds and they basically give a bit of storyline or a bit like a fact, uh, but it's a factoid factoid mm. alert, factoid alert. Yeah. Um, and someone has to buzz in and say, um, actually, and correct the statement. And, uh, they watched a couple episodes and she sent me some action shots of him pointing at the screen and fixing stuff. Um, so it, it is very, very fun. If <laughs> you're, yeah, if you're a nerd who loves <laughs> a trivia mean, nut and they go, they go through everything from Bionicle to Star Wars to lots of pop culture. Yeah. It's like pop culture, nerd stuff, Harry oh, Potter. Okay. Gotcha. So it's, it's all nerd based stuff. Now I've only watched one episode to be completely frank. So from what I've seen, it's, it's just that they may go into science and stuff like that, but it seems like it's okay. pop culture, nerd stuff. Gotcha. Very, very funny. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'll check that out. Please I do. did like uh, the few episodes of Game Changer. You sent me Sam Says to start with, and that, that sent me on my path. Where it's, That was uh, pretty good. It's Simon Says, but it's Sam Says. The host's name is Sam. And mm-hmm. uh, they have some fun with just the format of it itself. Oh, but, yeah. yeah I, I don't want to spoil anything. but And it did make me um, sign up for Dropout TV. I, hashtag I started, not an ad. I started, yeah, hashtag not an ad. They're not paying us. So if you guys ever want to come over and watch some other episodes... You're more than welcome to. They do do another Sam Says, uh, oh. and they do they do kind of repeat a couple of them, um, but they've been doing a couple Survivor series where they bring like eight people on, <laughs> and people have to get voted off. Um, it, it is, it's very, very incredible. It's very good. And they use a lot of the same people over and over again, so you start like developing favorites, like Brennan Lee Mulligan is is a fan favorite. There's a couple of other people that I that I really, really like, so it's worth checking out. Thanks for the recommendation. Very welcome. I did have an interaction at uh, or a an event. I don't know what you would call this. A problem at uh, one of my recent trivia's that I wanted to run past you before we got into our weekly wrap up. Just to beat someone up? No, uh, no. Maybe. Just I just no want to get your quizmaster's <laughs> opinion. Okay. On, on something. So uh, at the end of the second round of one of my quizzes, I'm I'm bringing around the answer sheets for round three, getting to the final round. Mm-hmm. And one of my regular teams, a member of one of my regular teams, comes up and he says, hey, uh, how many players is on that team over there? And I turn around and there's like a large group of about 10 people, I would say. Uh, six sitting at a table and then like four people kind of mingling off to the side. And I was like, oh, yeah, it looks like there's a lot of people over there. Like, I'll talk to them. So I'm, I continue passing out the sheets and I get to this team and... Uh, I, I start talking to one of the members, and I'm like, hey, you guys got a large team. You know, we have a max team size of seven. Here's an extra answer sheet. You know, you guys can s- split up however you want. Just the typical spiel. You know? Just out of curiosity, did you take this on for the first and second? Or like when you were ha- handing them out, did you notice that it was a large team at first in the, in the first place? I did not notice because okay. – uh, Two separate tables. They were, yeah, yeah. There was a smaller group uh, at the bo- uh, on one side, and then yeah, there was a uh, a larger group, I guess, on the other side. Okay. So they were kind of yeah separated from themselves naturally. So I didn't notice, but when he pointed that out, or when the player pointed that out, 
I did notice that they were kind of like intermingling groups. Okay. So I thought it was worthy of addressing to them. Sure. You know. So I bring it up to the you know team member of the other team, and he gets really defensive. You know, and he's saying stuff like, "Oh well, like who who said this?" And I'm like, "That's don't worry about that." You know, like the fact is we have a rule. You know, uh, seventeen members per team is the maximum. He's like, well, I never, I never heard about that rule. I'm like, okay, well, I'm telling you, like now, you know. So just go ahead and whoever is not playing, like, tell them like not to contribute to the sus. I, I made that like direction, you know, like just tell them just not to get involved, you know. When I ask a question, so I go up and I start the third round, and I'm asking questions, and I look at this team, and I, I you know, in my mind, I'm thinking I told the guy, you know, to communicate to his team, you know, to visually split up and that other teams were uncomfortable. I forgot to mention they were also in the lead. So they were the leading team in the first few rounds. Okay. First couple rounds. So I'm looking and as soon as I like finish reading a question, I notice that like some people that are like standing up that are quote not playing or that I was told were not playing or are getting involved in the sus pretty much immediately. You know, they're like listening to me read the question. And then when I stop and turn the music up, they turn their attention to the table and they lean in, start talking with the rest of the players. <clears throat> so it seems like they're still collaborating. And then I also noticed through the rest of the round that they have like individual members that are kind of mixing between the two groups. So like at one point there will be somebody that's like, you know, playing and in the sus. And then a few questions later, I look back and there's somebody new sitting in that seat. And the other person is off to the side in the other group. So it's like seven at a time. They're just choosing it. Who goes over there? Yeah. Yeah. That's the vibe. So <clears throat> I'm like, I don't know what to do because these are two sets of regular teams. And it feels like that there's some like actual beef and tension in the room, like developing. So I get to, I, I take all the answer sheets up at the end and I tally up the points. And I am thrilled to hear what happens next the, the, I'm, I'm like oh, on just, the edge of my oh, just wait <laughs> the infringing team ends up being the room leader you know also i forgot to mention earlier when i was uh interacting with one of these team members another team overhears this whole exchange and they say you know at uh, another place that we go to trivia what they do is you can have over the limit but they deduct, you know, you can't use bonus points or something like that. Mm, that's interesting. And while it is interesting, I, I, I kind of shut her down and was like, I'm not changing, like, you know, the rules right now. Not in midstream. You know? yeah. yeah. This might be something we can do going forward, but. Yeah. So anyway, I, I noticed that they're still in first and I, I, I don't I don't really know what to do. You know, I'm, I'm like, do I, you know, take away their points and like artificially lower their points you know, so that they can't win because they, they had more and just deal with that? Or do I just let them win and take their word for face value that they are not collaborating and risk upsetting, you know, some of the other teams that are upset about the fact that they have so many players on their team? Ultimately, I decided to let them keep the victory and I made an, a quick announcement, you know, before I read the the to address the situation in the room on the microphone said, you know, this is our team maximum player limit. Please adhere to this. We're going to like be more strictly enforcing this probably in the future, which side note, I don't even know if that's the right approach to take here, 
But at the time, you know, um, I wanted to kind of say, you know, this is basically we rely on the honor system. And we ask that, you know, we're going to we're going to honor that tonight. But in the future, you know, we might be more strict about this kind of stuff. So I announced the winners and stuff. They're kind of like booed, you know, by like some members of the other team. And uh, I go around and I'm like giving out the prizes and I come up to this team and I give them, you know, their prize, their beer tokens. Well, I give them their prize and the team leader, quote unquote, is like, we don't want those. Give it to the team that's complaining about us. Like, we don't even want it. And I'm like, I don't think they want the tokens either. I think this is about something else. You know, I think this is about adhering to the rules. And he's like, we need to talk after you're done here. We need to have like a little conversation because like I know stuff. I know stuff. And I'm like, all right. So I go around. I finish handing out the prizes, taking team photos. I take a photo of the winning team. I start packing up. And uh, one of the extra team members comes up and says, hey, I told everybody, you know, that it was like a standing rule to have only seven people. And they say that nobody knew that rule. I didn't think about this at the time, but just as a side note, there is a poster for trivia up in the venue that does say seven player maximum on it. So it's a posted rule. I, I may not uh, mention it every time, but you I will it now. Most times, I will now. I will, and if uh, you know, they've been coming for a long time. This regular team. So I feel I, I told them they should have known about this. I rule. have a similar rule, and I never announce it at the beginning either. But when I go around, just for what it's worth, when I go around, if I see a team where there's more. Um, well, I'll save because uh, I'm sure you're going to ask me what I would do. So I'll, I'll save it for now. But so <clears throat> this guy comes up and he starts telling me about how he ran into some other uh, play- people that used to play trivia that haven't been coming as frequently. And he starts telling me about how this other team that was complaining about them cheats. And he starts telling me about like, you know, how uh, he's never seen it, but other players like suspect that they cheat and he thinks it's interesting that they sit all the way in the back and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I'm like, that doesn't, you know, that that's irrelevant to our current discussion. And, you know, if, if you see something like that, you know, definitely let me know. But as far as tonight goes, the problem is, is that you can't have more than seven people. So that's the rule. I'm sorry you didn't know about it, but that that's the rule. And you know, you won. But I'll 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 take your I'll take your criticism here, and I'll make sure you know to to check on them and make sure that they're not cheating. So we left. I packed everything up, collected my check, and drove home. Now the next morning, there's a dead horse in your bed. <laughs> I could only be so lucky. Instead, an email from this player further detailing his, uh, his gripes. Can I read you some of this? I, Lee. Are you interested? This is a. Lee, nothing would bring me greater joy. <laughs> Let me tell you how this excited guy. I was to see this email in between my late night trivia job and my early morning day job. <laughs> and before you read this, let me just say. We we recently had someone comment in our Discord who was talking about like memorizing mnemonics and mem- like who else here goes to great lengths basically saying for anybody who considers themselves a real true trivia fanatic mm-hmm. um you know and I've memorized the states and the 
uh, capitals and the presidents and all this stuff. Proper mind palace organization. Yes. Who else has done this? And I said, not me. <laughs> God bless somebody who takes it to that degree. And I mean, I think that that is a chunk of the people that we have that listen to this podcast. There are two people that listen to this podcast, I think, by and large. People that just want to hear people talking and learn some stuff, and people that are trivia fanatics, either by way of playing multiple trivias every week, uh, going to trivia bowls, etc., slash quiz masters. I would, I would split those two. I would actually say there's three. There's casual, interested, like people looking for interesting podcasts. There are trivia fanatics. And then there's quiz masters who may or may not be trivia fanatics. And that's where you okay. and I fall that's, in, that's into. That's we fair. fall into that category. And that's why we are not good at trivia all the time. Right. Our opportunity to play trivia is here on the podcast. That's true. But we are, by and large, more local entertainers. You know, yeah. that's like our. I mean, I think we. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're. We I enjoy think trivia. As quiz masters, we're kind of in between those two. Yeah. We're casual. But we also don't spend all of our time memorizing stuff. Um, so God loves somebody who should, takes though. trivia. <laughs> God loves somebody who takes trivia that seriously. But at the same time, oh boy, to like have that conversation and then at night feverishly type up an email to send to your local quiz master. That's a level of dedication. And I mean, it's almost a sting-esque level of <laughs> of uh you know uh it is police bro mark after yeah all. it is you might have to call the police bro all right let me hear this email i'm curious okay it says lee this is uh such and such the de facto leader of this team i thought after a day of reflection perhaps an exclamation of what happened last night in terms of our team and then to explain the rationale behind getting a little riled up would be helpful. Exclamation or explanation? Explanation. I'm okay. sorry. That was my bad. <clears throat> Since we've been coming on a decently consistent basis to your trivia night, maybe close to a year or so, I would think you can recognize the truth behind the statement that last night was a complete and unanticipated one-off. Typically, our team consists of myself, my wife, and this other person. My wife. In the beginning, we were sometimes joined by a good player. This player started teaching at Bible school on Wednesday nights, and last night she had the night off because of Easter, so that was a complete one-off. And she would not object to me saying this, but the light of my life, my wife, is horrible at trivia, and the day she knows an answer I don't already know, I'm going to go out and buy lottery tickets. So you might start to understand how... That someone accusing us, us of excess team size is laughable to us. So just to be clear here, the rationale is that some of these people only come occasionally. So, or they are not smart, I guess is what he's saying about his wife. He's, he's dunking on his wife. Yeah. Literally yeah. dunking on his wife. Hey, my wife's a dummy, so let's not she count her not, as part of the team. She should not be considered part of the Can team at all. She should not that. be considered a human being. <laughs> She may as well be a service animal. And I feel like he, and he references this again in this email, like his dumb wife. Well, hold on, hold on. But yeah, uh, so, uh, but I think his basic rationale here so far is that certain people should be exempt from counting towards the team maximum because they are inconsistently there, or when they are there, they never know any of the answers. So I should just assume that they do not count 
towards the player total, even if they are participating in a sus. Amazing. Is that Can the rationale? that shit? Yes, absolutely. Okay, all right, all right. Just want to make sure I'm clear on, on, on this, because this is baffling to me, this whole email. Well, to be honest with you, the only thing I really fully understand is my wife is an idiot, and so she shouldn't count. I guess I guess you're right about the rest of it. I, it's a little bit tricky the way he worded it, but I guess that seems to be right. There, he expounds on this a little bit. For the past few weeks, we have joined, been joined by a coworker of mine back in the day and his wife. They are snowbirds and will be leaving soon if they ever Who come back. Cares? Right? So that's all there is. We're basically we're basically nominally at a team of five to four. If you take my wife off the table, <laughs> can you fucking believe that? <laughs> You should forward this to his wife. <laughs> Here's your husband fucking dunking on you, calling you a fucking idiot. <laughs> Here's the next section. Now oh, the there's com- sections <laughs> with bullet points. Great. Oh, we're, yeah, we're not even halfway through yet. Pie charts. <laughs> now the complete one-off of which I had no idea and its impact was minimal. Last week, we met that other player who shared a name with another one of our players who introduced herself and asked if she could sit with us. We said, sure. Isn't that the point of all this, to meet people? But we had no idea she was going to pull up this week, ask to join, and we certainly had no idea this other guy, who's clearly a regular at the venue and knows this player well, but I don't know the deal, was going to show up with two young stoners in tow. These kids contributed nothing. One of them was so high, I doubt a trivia question about who was buried in Grant's tomb would have been answered. But regardless... I didn't think nothing of it because of, wait for it, that other team that complained about us. Many weeks, they have an army back there. And I know you say they split into two teams, but please, I was born in the morning. But not yesterday morning. Oh, (laughs) now he dunked on you. (laughs) I have seen them and heard them converse. And if that team has a higher score than this other team or whatever their name is, they're manipulating it. Oh, my God. They're manipulating it. You see? I'll also reiterate the following points that are truthful, in my opinion. My wife is dumb. These are objectively subjective (laughs) opinions here. Yeah. So that when you decide to address the situation, it's hopeful you'll do it fairly because our team is not your problem. (laughs) Two teams that I am aware of. One firsthand knowledge. One secondhand through the firsthand, if you follow that. If, no, you can, if your pea brain can follow that. <laughs> they are no longer attending no-nonsense trivia because of the team that complained about us. And therefore, at least one of them is buying a competitor's product. <gasps> Lee! So this is... Look at the impact that I'm having here by trying to enforce this rule. By trying to enforce this rule... And turning my apparent blind eye to this other team that's such a problem that nobody has ever raised a concern about. These other two teams have never talked to me about this, by the way. Next point. On occasion, the number of people back there is ridiculous. And if you think they are not conversing, well, I beg to disagree. I find it interesting that while seemingly every other team will sit anywhere space is available, the complaining team will only stand in the back as far away from you as possible and behind everyone else. The trivia team I talked to at this other venue openly accused them of cheating. While I've never personally seen it, the circle the wagons approach where you can't see what half of them are doing is potentially interesting. 
especially given where they sit slash stand. It's potentially so, interesting. So no one can possibly be close enough to steal their answers. Potentially interesting is the most roundabout bullshit I've ever heard. It's like it's not even saying it's interesting. It might be interesting. Okay, man. Wow, great. Thanks for wasting my fucking time. Jesus Christ. He quips. Apple watches must be a bane to trivia masters everywhere. Oh, I don't know if he's trying to plan my sympathy here. Or oh, yeah. Now, now he's your buddy. Mm-hmm. Look, I, feel I know for how you. hard it has, yeah. has to be. Final thoughts. My wife and I live about 35 minutes uh, from the venue. Final thoughts. I like your trivia a lot. You do a great job. We like the vibe. They said we like your vibe. Oh, I like your trivia a lot. We like the vibe and the music. But last night was not fun. My wife would give this up in a heartbeat. She goes only because I like going. So not only I'm is she worthless, a, I'm but getting such a she, picture she, of this marriage only, right now. She only comes because he likes it. So does she have an internal life? Probably not. No. I don't need that douchebag in the ponytail counting people all through the night, even when we have our picture taken. And side note, when I had the picture taken, one person refused to be in the photo. And I think it might have been, you know, because it would have been the damning evidence that they had more than seven yeah, players. of course. He can have his stupid prize. I have news for him. With, with so many points to their points, I beat them all by myself. It was just a good category night for me. Oh, by the way, thank you for the Sydney Funnel Web Spider. I thought you were going to go with the category. You might have done the Blue Ringed Octopus. Anyway, a request that on a permanent basis, if we have more people, my wife is not a contributing member, and we will make sure there is no more than seven in about three to four weeks, probably back down to three, if not sooner, and we may give it up on a regular basis. An hour in the car for this is not worth it. Oh, the other thing, I honestly and truthfully do not recall you ever publicly stating the team size is seven. I know in most trivia settings it is either six or eight if there is one. So he, which is he, still he, more he than they like had. My, <laughs> is yep. this an attack on the number seven here? Which is still more than they had six or eight, right? So it doesn't matter. Didn't even think of it. it I, I, it's just funny that it's like okay, so seven is right in the middle of those two. Yeah, like <laughs> it's literally the average of six and eight. <laughs> Didn't even think of it as an issue, primarily because of the team that complained. Makes for an uncomfortable situation with meeting new people. Sorry, can't sit with us anymore. But then the fair thing to do is if they show up, if that complaining team army shows up, they can't sit near each other until a round is over and they've handed in their sheets. Can you fucking believe that shit? Thanks. Sorry for the long email. Do you think he's really sorry? No. no. Does this person listen to the podcast? Maybe. <laughs> well, let me start by saying that personally as a quiz master, aside from you, people using phones, watches, etc., one of the most headache things is having to deal with the big group. All right. Now, Nice Guys is always very, very open to combining tables so that large parties can sit together and because nice guys is so nice and so fun and so friendly a lot of people will go there for big events birthday parties graduations etc there have been many times that i've been walking around and i see a big table and every time i go up to the table i say if i see there's because for my trivia it's six people 
unless, uh, you know, sometimes for the year uh, anniversaries, we'll do five or six. We've done a couple different numbers here and there. I'll say, hey, look, the maximum size is this. So do you guys want to split up into two? That's the most we can do. Now, I'm completely aware that every time I do that and I walk away, there is nothing keeping them from being one power team and just filling in answers on the other sheet. Or if they think something, it could be one or the other, putting one answer on one and one answer on the other to heighten the, the availability, the chances of them winning. There's not much we can do. I mean, at the end of the day, and we've talked about this, and you you may feel a little bit differently about this. At the end of the day, our job is to get people in the door to the places where we are doing trivia and keeping them there for a long period of time. Nice guys, my trivia runs an hour and a half. Your trivias run two hours. People come in, and we are trying to get them to get in there half an hour, 15 minutes before, and buy food and drinks for those two hours, at which point they tip hopefully well and leave. So I I would never want to do something that would prevent people from coming in. At the same time, you know, we can't just let people run amok and have a table of 100 people. And how would this table feel if there was a table of 20 people that was playing? If they were losing, I can guarantee they'd be like, what the hell's up with that team of 20 people? They would not just sit idly by. I can guarantee he's not. So if someone that writes that email isn't going to sit quietly by and let that happen, mm-hmm. the most we can do is say, this is the size that we allow of teams. Please make sure you break it up. And the fact that you did it after the second round, they had already gotten a two-round advantage as a 10-person team. The least they could do is separate into two teams. But again, when everyone is basically at the same table or everyone's trying to be uh, you know, on the sa- in the same area, telling people that they're not allowed to converse between questions and stuff, I'm not going to sit there and tell people they can't talk between questions or during questions or what have you. Like... You know, and I'm sure it's a case-by-case basis. Your trivias, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right. When people people fill up Pointy Bell uh, or Ollie's, they're doing it for trivia. And it almost turns from being a bar to a a trivia hall. Um, Nice Guys, I think, is kind of half and half, maybe three quarters yes, one quarter no. But there are definitely some people I ask and they just say they're not interested or I ask and they go, sure, why the fuck not? I'm here. If I can try and win some stuff, I will. But I mean, I'm not in the business of like harshing people's fucking mellow. Right. And giving people a hard time. You know, like you did your job. You went up to this team and you said someone is saying something. All I'm asking you to do is for this one round to follow the rules that should have been set in place for the first two rounds, but I have got enough going on in my own fucking world, you know, running this trivia, you know, just for this fucking last round, don't be a douchebag. And the guy instead was like, how about if I go full douchebag instead of not being one and 
really just be a piece of shit. And then not only that, but I'm going to call my fucking wife an idiot five times over and say that she doesn't count. And and I've run into that where I'm like, you guys have a team of like, you guys got eight people here. Well, I'm not going to play. Sorry. Sorry, that doesn't fly. Doesn't because work like, that way. I ask all kinds of questions. You may think that, like, people with their kids. I go, what if I ask a question about Thomas the Tank Engine? And your kid knows it. Are you going to slap him if he answers? Like, you know that this is going to be something where you can, you know, and that's the thing when you do non, um, you know, spe- when you ask trivia that's not a, about a specific category, it could be anything. I've read rap lyrics. I've asked questions about children's TV shows. I've asked questions about fucking I Love Lucy. I've asked questions about presidents that were fucking alive at the beginning of the 20th century. Like, it's it's for everyone. It's supposed to be that you have an all-encompassing team. His wife may know an answer about fucking maxi pads or something. I, I, yeah, I don't buy I don't buy that she's never known an answer. Yeah. And he did say that she that she hasn't known an answer that he's already known or something like that. But still, I, I just, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's, uh, you, you can't anticipate what somebody might or might not know. Stoners. What if you asked a question about fucking weed? Yeah. What yeah. are the two main, uh, strand, you know, kinds of weed? Yeah. Indica and sativa. And this guy doesn't fucking know it because he looks like he fucking doesn't know how to have fun. And these fucking two stoners might know that. Are you going to say, sorry, you're stoners, so you're not allowed to answer? Like, that exclusivity of who, you know, is of a high enough mind to play trivia. And, like, we're supposed to intuit that as quiz masters and go, oh, yeah, okay, I see what you're talking about. So I'll oh, know. I'll tell all the yeah. other teams, okay, that you have 15 people because eight of them are fucking idiots, according to you. Okay, that's fine. Like, to what end? Like, yeah. And so also, it's just somebody, the entitlement for me. It's yeah. like, hey, the rules don't apply to me, and here's why. Let me give you a bunch of reasons as to why. And also, there's another team that's not going anymore because of this team that sits in the back. Dude, sh- first of all, like you said, you've never said word one to me. And now you're like, this is one strike you're out because you enforce rules that you had already had set. That are posted. That another team called out because they pay attention to the rules. And now you're going to, like, you know, and this this reeks of the lady doth protest too much. Mm-hmm. This reeks of it means way too much. It's like, dude, you're just wrong. You're just wrong here. And it's okay to be wrong. It's all right. Just own up to your mistake and fucking be done with it. But you're wrong. You're wrong. Your team is too big. I think the, the you know the air of public criticism, you know, got to this guy's emotions a little bit, and the fact that there was then you know a microscope on him and his team, who was in the lead, probably made him feel guilty. Yeah, and weird, and I think that's what this is a reaction to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he could have prevented it by just putting his foot down. The only thing that I would say that maybe you should have done is talk to the whole team instead of just talking to him. Well, I, I talked to somebody else from the team, and then I talked to this guy. So okay. so there were two you know, interactions before the third round started. And I will say that in over 500 quizzes, this has never happened. Every single time a team has had too many people, and I've talked to them about it, they've taken the other paper, and they've at least, they've at least taken the other paper. A handful of times, maybe they never filled it out. 
you know, they just continued on and no one was the wiser. They didn't win, probably, but, you know, most teams will just take it, say thank you, we understand, and then they'll go back to, you know, if they're, you know, just all hanging out and it's a low-stakes game, they'll just not, you know, uh, you know, fill out the second sheet, or they will actually split up. That's the more common thing, is they just actually do. And then what will happen is, because they have so many people, if they're sharing I- information anyway, you will get two competing opinions on what the answer is. So they'll say... All right, we'll see who's right then. We'll write down our answer, you write down yours, and then we'll have a little mini competition going. That's usually what happens. I mean, because if I'm on the split up team, I'm writing down an answer and then going to just chit chat in between and sussing and then changing whatever answer or whatever. And then when the next question goes, go back, change my answer if I need to and ask another one. I mean, there are ways to get around this. And that's the thing that sucks about large teams. There's really nothing we as quiz masters can do. There's really nothing we can do other than to talk to the team and hope that they're not this guy, that ho- that we can hope that they're going to do the best they can. I've had big teams where you can tell that there's some cross-pollination going on where they'll hand in two sheets, but like you can tell that they're talking. I mean, you can see that someone writes an answer and then scratches it out and writes another answer or whatever. What am I supposed to do? Be like, no, you're not allowed to be yeah. here. You're not allowed to have a good time. And, like, you know, a lot of times those teams lose anyway. Now, this team apparently seems like trivia goers, and so they're smart. And, you know, there's people on the team, apparently, other than his wife, who are, who are smart and able to answer trivia questions. So maybe they would have won anyway. Who knows? But, you know, the other thing that's funny is, like, for him to say, oh, this team is cheat." you know, this team sits in the back and they're cheating – well, then they should get perfect answers. They should have all perfect rounds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, if what they you're saying. They should not come in, you know, whatever place they came in last night. Or, yeah. or the, you know, that then night. That's the time to fucking turn the key and, and fucking launch it up. But they didn't. And that's why I always think it's funny when it's like people are like, oh, that guy's, that team's cheating, that team's cheating. Well, they got two questions right last round. Mm-hmm. So if they're cheating, they're doing a very, very bad job of it. Just fucking calm down and you know being upset about all this stuff about the other team after he got called out and about on being called out himself about being called out after he didn't listen to your warning it's just like dude you know what good never go to trivia again go buy another person's fucking product because people like this make trivia such a fucking drag man seriously it's just grow the fuck up grow up Grow up. If you're listening to this, grow the fuck up. And if you come to my fucking trivia, I'll tell you just the fucking same. Six are under there, you fucking loser. So shut up. It's fucking trivia. Like, it's we're not fucking curing AIDS here. Well, I, I think part of it is is that we do, you know, have a level of, like, competition. You know, there's, like, a record of competition for, for our trivia where, you know, I calculate who had the most points at the end of the year and all this stuff. And, you know, I think some people are taking it a little too seriously, basically. As I mentioned when I addressed the room, I said, we're all here to have fun. You know, that's the, that's the most important thing. And we're using the honor system. You know, we respect, we hope that you respect the rules and I should have added, even if you're not aware of them, once you become aware of them, please respect them. Right. You know, if I'm telling you there's an issue, this is not the time to start telling me that I'm ruining the business. 
you know, by not enforcing other rules that are not applicable to what we're talking about. Yeah. It's the time for you to say, okay, Quizmaster, sorry, Quizmaster, we'll take care of it, Quizmaster. And then you sit down and you listen to trivia questions and then you're happy that you won. Okay. You get to be happy that you're, that you won and you don't have to go to bed thinking about it and waking up the next morning emailing me. I have never lost trivia and then like lost sleep that night. I, this guy won trivia and you lost sleep that night. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. It's just like, dude, just take your fucking drink tokens and get fucking lost. I'm sorry you had to go through that. That's thank you, brother. That's very, very frustrating. Um, you know, I've had my run-ins with players and stuff before, but never over this. I mean, never. I think I may have had a team say, I said, you're too big. And they said, well, we won't play. And I said, okay, <laughs> see you later. It's not a prerequisite that you play. Like, but we yeah. just need to make it as fair as possible. Some people come and play all by themselves and win and beat teams of four or five or six. That's true. You, you know, know, I mean, six to eight is a good number for maximum team size. I think we have ours as seven with the idea that there could be three couples and a seventh wheel, which happens somewhat frequently. You know, mm-hmm. you'll get that. You'll get like the three couples and then, you know, the buddy shows up and then they want to jump on the team, too. And if you have eight. You can split into two teams of four, which is still pretty sizable competitive Absolutely. team, you know, and above that, you know, when we had like more laxed systems, we found that the larger teams, you know, had a pretty big advantage and maybe didn't like, you know, they would do things like hold on to their prizes for a really long time and then spend it all in one night, which uh, venues don't like. Please don't do that if you, <laughs> you know, accumulate prizes and stuff try to you know spread it out a little bit so they're not losing half their inventory in one go so you don't kick for a free. with all of your beer tokens yeah in night. but anyway that's yeah. neither here nor there thank you for your support and of course. Uh, and thank you for yeah i would say the advice but the bolstering maybe yeah because I'm, I'm in agreement with a lot of don't go to my there. friends trivia anymore you fucking animal <laughs> and don't well, email I'm okay. my fucking friend no no i i would like this person to come back but i don't want this to happen again you know, and this is this is a second warning, I guess. The first warning was the typical warning in person. You know, hey, you've got too many players. You know, are you going to email them? Yeah, of course. I think it's rude to not email somebody back, especially after I've read that email. Per my last email. Yeah. <laughs> At least he spared me that I hope this email finds you, you know, in good health or whatever. <laughs> good tidings. That's fair. All right. Well. Before we get to our quiz, let's quickly go through our weekly wrap-up here. Can we? We can. Are you going to say the team name that won your trivia? Well, I didn't say that this was one of these teams. It happened recently. Oh, okay. You know. That's fair. All right. Our 503rd quiz was fully dominated by Sister Sister, featuring Arlo and Greg Wax, who maintained a strong lead throughout the quiz, ending in first place with 92 points. Mally Rules with 73 points, and You Smell Different When You're Awake in third with 72 points. In a cruel act of irony, the player going by Man Piano was held to fourth place by a single point, suffering a fate of which they were on the opposite side last week for Quiz 500 when they were in third place, besting the fourth place team by a single point. Quiz number 504 began with As You Wish, establishing a narrow single-point lead over We Came Early and others in the first round, which they extended through the rest of the quiz, ending in first place with 109 points, We Came Early in second with 100 points, and Peanut the Dog recently indicted in third with 84 points. 
And quiz number 505 saw Mally Rules dominate the quiz during each of our three rounds, ending in first place with 126 points. Sister Sister featuring Jordan, Arlo, and Greg Waxed in second with 115 points. And You Smell Different When You're Awake in third with 82 points. Mark, how was trivia at Nice Guys Pizza recently? It was great. Shout out to Nice Guys Pizza for having Bud Light on draft on tap. Love to see it. Hashtag Uh, not mad. They are usually appreciated. Hashtag and hashtag appreciated. Hashtag appreciated. Hashtag almost an ad. Uh, Very, very pumped to see that uh, went out and hung out with a couple of the boys and had a couple of Bud Lights. Well, it's important to note that they did not have it on their uh, on their roster of beers. Oh, did they not? For a, like a decade. Oh, 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 okay. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. yes. So after 10 years of being open, Nice Guys is known for having craft beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a couple like uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon and a couple things like that that they usually have listed under crap. <laughs> but uh, for the first time in 10 years, they decided to go ahead and, and sell Bud Light. A couple people in the comments section saying they're never going to go to Nice Guys again. Bye, bitch. And along with that guy, fine. Fuck off. <laughs> go get fucking Ben. See if I give a shit. Girls on top winning the first round with 18 points. Uh, The second and third rounds going to Stinky, Meg, and the Kimchi Boys with 34 points and 48 points respectively. However, on Zoom, Whiskey Tango with 62 points winning the whole evening. So a lot of fun. There's been a lot of of fun chatter, a lot of fun conversation going on, talking about trivia stuff uh, when we're doing the Zoom trivia. So if you're ever free on Wednesday nights... And you want to meet some other people that have been on the podcast. Team Captain Matt shows up every once in a while. We got Rose and Connor who own a little rabbit named Cookie that um, sometimes Aww. they'll they'll do Zoom from Cookie's little playpen and you can see <laughs> Cookie jump out and hop around. That's Very adorable. Uh, Whiskey Tango, of course. Adam and Lisa uh, play weekly. John Feeblecorn, who's never been on. Uh, but he's a weekly person there. And there have been a couple of people. Elise and Max, blah, blah, blah. So... 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, bit.ly slash nice guys pizza trivia. Uh, and you can play along with us. It's a it's a good time. That's right. Join Mark on Wednesday nights, or if you're in Southwest Florida, you can come see me at Pointy Bell Brewing Company in Fort Myers, Florida for a no-nonsense trivia challenge based on your category request. Teams of seven or under, please. That is right. Please join us for your opportunity to win some free and bonus prizes and to suggest categories for next week's quiz and to enjoy some of the tasty, tasty offerings from our weekly food vendor. I will shut right up. (laughs) Come play our weekly quiz at Pointy Bell Brewing Company starting at 7.30 p.m. every Wednesday. Thursdays we're in Cape Coral at Ollie's Pub, also at 7.30 p.m. We hope you can join us then for opportunities to win Ollie's gift cards. Free cards! Which can be spent on records, beer, t-shirts, comic books, and more. You can use your gift cards on one of their signature sandwiches. They have uh, quite the selection of cold and hot sandwiches. Dude, oh, I you have a show there Thursday. I got the Dave Ja Luau. Mm-hmm. No oh. cheese, though. Right, um, I got mozzarella, melted mozzarella. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. That's a cheese that you uh, you're in support of. And then I also got like the chicken and turkey, whatever the fuck, with mango habanero like relish and roasted red peppers. Lee, this thing, I told them they need to increase their prices because you get so no Mm-mm. <laughs> support your local establishments. Well, yeah, and pay them. 
and their sandwiches are worth so much more than they fucking charge. They are so damn good. They're so tasty. This turkey and tasty, tasty. whatever it is, turkey and chicken, whatever. No, fucking delicious is what it is. And the tasty, tasty won't won't work for this one. I couldn't Fair enough. fit. I couldn't fit my mouth around this fucking thing. I got it the next day for lunch. The and I had to make it into two sandwiches. No, this t- turkey oh, okay. and camera. What it is chicken? Whatever. The Maui onion chips, dude. Mm-hmm. Fucking forget about it. Sweet onion. Their sandwiches are so damn good. Plus, they've got Pablo Honey on vinyl right now. Oh shit! They've got Prolong the Magic by Cake on vinyl. Maybe my favorite uh, Cake album. They've got Slanted and Enchanted by Pavement. They've got some really, really, really primo choices. Stop by all these folks. Yes, please do. Thursday or otherwise. And don't forget, we've got James Bond trivia this Saturday, April 15th at 6 p.m. at Pointy Bell Brewing Company. Dun, 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 dun. That's the one. Is that the John Barry Orchestra I hear? No. No, that's that's Mission Impossible. I'm an idiot. With... Carol Kay on bass. There you go. I recently uh, had a question about Carol Kay for a musical instruments question. A member of the Wrecking Crew. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. And uh, she featured on the Mission Impossible theme, the Batman theme, and several uh, pop songs. God, she's done it all. Mm-hmm. One of the best bassists in the world. Yeah. Bassists. So come on out. Join our trivia. You can learn about uh, bassists and all sorts of other interesting facts and people. How to say words. And please don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media including facebook instagram twitter and reddit and join us on our discord server to stay updated on all of our podcasts streams and events join us won't you that is the best one we've ever done i think yeah all we needed was kyle that was gorgeous (laughs) all we need is kyle me let's take a little break yeah, this is a long intro. This is yeah, the longest intro I've had in a while. A long story. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back with our first round of trivia. Yeah. No, I right. want a sandwich. I don't blame you. I can't wait for our negative review about our intro length for this episode. You know somebody's going to email, Jesus, a 40-minute intro. You guys are crazy. You think anybody's listening to that? It's going to be the same guy who complained. (laughs) Getting the same email. And we're back. Here is my first question for the two of you. Let's sus, babe. Let's fucking go. What president officially declared February Black History Month? When do you remember Black History Month being a thing? Was it a thing when we were in like elementary school? Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Yes. I think it was like I mean, newish. I, so. I remember when yeah. I was a kid, when I was like in elementary school, Earth Day was also a new thing, like environmental shit. People finally cared about. But that was man. <laughs> remember when we Not cared they, about the environment <laughs> for like five years for a bit there? <laughs> it was fun. I'm guessing maybe it's John F. Kennedy. No, I don't think it's JFK. I think it's like a Jimmy it's- Carter. Okay. Well, it's going to be after the Civil Rights era. The oh, 1960s, yeah, right? Yeah. It wasn't he the president during that time? Yes. So, like, I I'm going to say Yeah, I would say Jimmy Carter. You think it took a while to get going after the Civil Rights era? I don't think so. Yeah. I think when integration happened, 
there was probably, you know, a push yeah. for this this holiday. Or you don't think it was Slick Willie, Bill holiday, Clinton? Commemorative honorific period. No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. Self-professed black man, right? Didn't he try and say he was... Or there was a lot of talk about black people considering him the first black president. I don't oh know who was God, considering please. that. I do remember that story, though, that when Obama was elected... There was like these other like ancillary opinion news stories slash news stories saying people claim that Bill Clinton was the first black president. And oh, Jesus it was it was a twisting of, you know, of quotes, oh, of course, you know, yeah. from the past uh-huh. and stuff like that. But also, I was it's a ridiculous up with, claim. Uh, my if, parents... if anybody were to try and like, you know, make that objective claim. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe that is, you know, something that contributes, but I don't think it's in Mark's style to, you know, lead us down a correct path, you know. Yeah, so. In the um, middle of a sus. So I, I'm inclined to think it's not Bill Clinton, but I, JFK would be my, my guess. All right, let's go with JFK. You sure? Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's incorrect. Oh. You were much closer. The Reagan? correct answer. Really? Is Gerald Ford? Oh, Gerald I see. Ford. Okay, he preceded Carter, right? He did. Mm. A Republican. Yep. Black History okay. Month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm disappointed it took that long, America. To be honest, yeah. for real. Moving on. <laughs> it's gonna be a downer <laughs> episode. <laughs> There's so much negative. Energy going around right now with this fucking <laughs> No, no, no. It's not negative energy. I'm fine. I'm fine. Time for y'all to suss about a James Bond question. Just one to wet the palate before okay. dun, dun, our dun, dun, event. Dun, dun. Not again. <laughs> before our event this Saturday. Kind of a, you know, a important James Bond trivia question. We won't be asking this at the trivia because... The trivia for this James Bond trivia is going to be all lore focused. It's all going to be about plot details and things that happen in the Eon Productions movie, except for the final question. We might go outside of Eon Productions for the final question, but just want to clarify that. Here's your question for now. Beginning with 1973's Live and Let Die and ending with 1985's A View to a Kill, which actor has portrayed James Bond in a major motion picture film more than any other. I well, it's either Timothy Dalton or Roger Moore. Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton was not that. Timothy Dalton was newer, wasn't he? Mm. Timothy Dalton, I think, was like later on. I think it's Roger Moore. Okay, let's go with Roger Moore then. It's one of say, those two. Yeah, we're gonna say Roger Moore. That's correct. Hey. Hey. Well done. Hey, Timothy Dalton was like the 90s, 2000s Was he? Okay. Like that, right? No, no, no. Late, 2000s late was 80s, Pierce Brosnan. Late 80s, early 90s, before Pierce Brosnan. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes, yes. All right. So um, I actually have six questions. So I'm going to have you guys choose from my first questions. Because okay. this is, I'm going to choose between two easy questions that I think you both will get. Would you like food or yes. The Simpsons? Oh. Ooh. I think you already know the Simpsons question, though. I, well, I, I feel better Simpsons about... Then. Well, I mean, we can. I, I'll be probably less help. Let's do food, then. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a good sus going here. All right. This is, again, I think this is a pretty easy one. I think you're going to get this, Mark. But I still thought it was interesting. Also known as creme parmentier. Vichyssoise is a popular French soup traditionally served cold, but is colloquially, colloquially known as what dish in the United States? 
Can I hear that one more time, please? Yes. Also known as creme parmentier. And I can spell that if you want. And I can please. also spell vichyssoise for you as well. Parmentier. P-A-R-M-E-N-T-I-E-R. And then vichyssoise. V-I-C-H-Y-S-S-O-I-S-E. Vichyssoise. Is a pop is a popular French soup traditionally served cold, but is colloquial. Col- Why am I having difficulty? Colloquially is colloquially a hard word to say. colloquially known as what dish in the U.S. Did you say parmiente? Creme parmentier. Parmentier. Creme parmentier. Cream. You said this is a soup. Hmm. I'm just going to throw this out to get it out of my brain. The first thing that comes to mind is gazpacho, which I know is a cold soup. Now, does it sound American? Fuck no. But cold soup fits that, you know, fits in there. Creme. Yeah, cream. Parmentier. Parmesan? Right. That's called to mind. I was thinking some kind of cheese. Cheese soup? Cream cheese? Is that what gazpacho is? Cream cheese? Cheese soup? Gazpacho? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's cheese in it. I don't There are several types of gazpacho, as far as I I, know. That's what I figured, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Kyle is giving extra information. So, again, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's, uh, that's where we should go. And I know I've seen Vicious Swab before. I wish I could ask Shaney this because she would know it. Oh, yeah. She would know it in a heartbeat. So I thought you think it's a soup this. that we – do you think it's served as a soup here or do you think it's something else in America? Like could this be heavy whipping cream? I'm going to give you guys a hint. Okay. So it is served as a soup here, but it is not typically served cold. Interesting. All right. Well, this is this is decidedly French, yes. Yeah, oh yeah. Parmentier. Vichyssois. Vichyssois. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So a Le French poisson. soup. Mm-hmm. It's French onion soup. It's got that cheese on the top. It's got cheese on it. Cream. Can you imagine that cold? Could it be? (laughs) I mean, it's served warm here, but like, yeah, I mean, what would you do? You just have cold cheese on top? With cold ass bread? And cold ass onion? And cold ass broth? Yeah, I don't know. Ugh. I don't know about that. No. I don't want it. Um, Let's go somewhere else. Broccoli and cheese soup. Cream of mushroom soup. Creme. Parmiente. Parmiente. Parmentier. Yes. Parmentier. You've got this parmiente thing going on. Should have written it down. Don't fuck my shit up. Creme parmentier. Parment? What's a parment? Parmentier. 
man, cream of mushroom. What if it's frozen and it's served as... It's cold, not frozen. Right. <laughs> but what if it's served as like a popsicle or ice cream or something? Like it's some not kind of- cold. <laughs> huh? It's, it's, it's a soup, not a popsicle. I thought the soup was cold. The soup is cold, not frozen. Right. But she said that it's not served cold. It's served. What if it's, it's no, served no, no. frozen? It's served cold there. It's served hot, heated up here. Yes, did she say that it was heated up, or did she just say it wasn't served cold? I said <laughs> I said it's served warm here. Typically. Warm. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Like a normal soup in the U.S. So I mean, cream of wheat? No, that's not a soup. Cream of mushroom, cream of broccoli, grits. Grits. You think it's soupy the grits? grits? No. <laughs> you think the answer no. is not a soup? It's uh, grits made with a lot of water. <laughs> Extra water, please. <laughs> Can I get I my want, grits uh, a creme parmentier <laughs> style? I want to pour them down my gullet like they're chia seeds <laughs> in my kombucha. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Disgusting. I hate this shit when someone's like. You got this. They're both really easy. I know. It's Can we get the Simpsons <laughs> question? <laughs> For real. Um, creme Parmentier. I really thought you would get this. Like, immediately. That's why I asked it first. I know I've heard Vichyssois before. And I can't remember in what context I heard it. I may I may have had a trivia question about it. Could... <clears throat> hmm. Served warm here. You know, we've been talking about cream of... Well, There's no of in there though, like parmentier. Like there would be like it would be like de parmentier if it was of, right? Well, that's why I was thinking like, and I this is not I'm saying the answer, but creamed corn, something like that, creamed something, creamed spinach. Mm. I know those aren't soups really, but like creme de menthe, right? Is cream of mint? Is yeah. that right? I think so. Sounds right. Creamed corn is interesting because that can get pretty soupy looking. <clears throat> well, what um, if what, it's not soupy? Then it's is just there corn. a soup that is like corn based? Corn chowder. Could it be fucking cream? <laughs> creamed corn. <laughs> My soup is creamed corn. Is creamed corn not a soup already? Imagine being in it's France a sauce, right? and getting a bowl of cold-ass corn <laughs> creamed and living your life. <laughs> going about the rest of your day. After that, I would just fucking curl up in my bed. Leave me be. Leave me here to die. Um, we got to do something. Is Parmesan is a, reg- it's a region, right? Uh, maybe it's French. That's, that's where the cheese gets its name. It's French. I mean, is it Parmesan? I think Italian. So. Italian. I was gonna no. say. Yeah, that's. So, I always confuse the two. <laughs> yeah, I. What does parm mean though? Parmentier. Par would be like four or because four. Yeah. From corn, like para the band corn, not the food. Cream, creamed corn. I'm trying to go. Latin so what happens right if the now. band corn gets hit by a bus? <laughs> oh creamed man, corn. Sorry, head. Sorry, monkey. Sorry, not Fieldy. Yeah, he's, he's out of the he's band. A, well, he's on hiatus. Yeah, 
indefinite hiatus from the band. We wish him well in his recovery journey. Jonathan Davis sends his regards. He says, That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what his birthday card so, looked like. I think in Spanish, para means like four or like, like you know, like I'm cream for you. Mm-hmm. Cream for so miente. Mentier. What, what is it? Par, par, parmentier. What is mentier? Mint? Parmentier is one word. Yes, but I'm just I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just trying to break it down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think she's just yeah. yeah I guess we yeah. should just shut the fuck up and just say we don't know. Uh, cream. She's trying to end the sus cream. gracefully. <laughs> she's too busy <laughs> laughing at us. <laughs> <laughs> Do not go down this path. You know, Let me give you another hint, you idiot. It's just this. I'm trying sus to suss here. So I'm wild. trying to lay out it's, a sus. I know, and it's so classically you. It's just so like overthought. Well, you know, when you don't know something, you. it's you know, like creme is cream. Yes, cream for mint is where I was going with that. But I guess that's probably not it. It's not a minty cream. No, I don't think so. I think menth is cream yeah. or is mint. Yeah. Um, Mentier. Cream, creamy soup. Um, I don't know. Let's say cream of mushroom. All right, we're gonna say cream of mushroom. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs> the correct answer is potato leek soup. Okay. Hmm. It is traditionally served cold in France. Parmentier refers to the preparation of potatoes. Creme Parmentier. <sighs> potato. Mm-hmm. Parmentier. Potato. That That's the part, actually. That is the important part there, if you know things about cooking. Par, uh, parmentier. Parment. I don't know what the... What's the English, like, version of that? Well, parmentier is like, like palm de something is the French word for potato, but like it's the preparation of right. like the potato, like it's like a, like a cooked mashed potato, parmentier, creme parmentier. So it's like boiled? In a soup. Yeah, it's, it's. The potatoes boiled? N- it's boiled and then pureed. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, that's the process that the You don't like cream nerds. soups though, do you? Not really. I not. didn't think so. Yeah. No. That sounds delicious. It's I've made it before. It's amazing. Here's your next question. Charles M. Schultz Airport, named after the creator of Peanuts, is located in what state? Charles M. Schultz Airport, named after the creator of the Peanuts cartoon, is located in what state? Where is he from? Do you know where he's from? I don't. I don't know why I'm thinking Iowa. Mm. That can't be right. I was thinking a Midwest state, but I wasn't thinking Iowa. I was thinking maybe Illinois. Illinois is another good one. Lots of arts around there, Mm -hmm. you know, a budding cartoonist to be interested in. New York. I don't think it's in New York. It's not New York. Charles Schultz Airport. In which U.S. state? Charles M. Schwartz, you said? Mm Mm-hmm. Schultz. You know, it's S-C-H-U-L-Z. I don't know if it's Schultz or Schultz. So I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong, too. I um, That's just how I always pronounce it as a kid. Yeah, same. 
I'm think you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking Illinois, maybe. Yeah, let's go with it. Illinois. Sorry, that's incorrect. <sighs> the correct answer is California. Oh, interesting. Ah, okay. Dang. California. Really? Is he yeah. from California? Uh, he's not from California, um, but he did uh, live there, um, and uh, the airport is located in Sonoma County. Okay. Okay, Ernie. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because it did pop into my mind, the state of California. Um, in 2012, Justin Peterson and I were doing a comic convention circuit, and we ventured out to California for the Alternative Press Expo. Mm. And our table was set up next to uh, one Paige Braddock, another cartoonist, who worked closely with Charles Schultz as his assistant uh, late into his life, I believe uh, even helping out with the the final strip, maybe, on some art duties or lettering duties or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Um, I chalk that up to just, you know, it being a comic convention and not having a true California connection. So I just wrote that off and I said, this guy sounds like a Midwest guy. So that's what brought me to Illinois. Well, he was from, uh, he was from Minneapolis. Oh, okay. So perfect, but not too perfect. <laughs> exactly. Not perfect enough. <laughs> All right. My next question for you is a history question. Hmm. Mehmed the Conqueror led the conquest on what former city? In 1453, ending the Byzantine Empire. Mehmed the Conqueror led the conquest on what former city in 1453, ending the Byzantine Empire? Former city. Is it Constantinople? Isn't it Emperor Constantine was the guy who was the uh, Byzantine emperor? Istanbul was Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul. Was Constantinople. Been a long time gone. <laughs> Constantinople. No. Why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the Turks. That was the first name that I came up with as a former city. It could be some other city that is no longer standing, but I think Constantinople is a great answer. Yeah. I agree with you. Okay. Do you have any other, like, hmm, what are some other cities that were, like, around that aren't around anymore? Well, I mean, and that's tricky. It's a really tricky answer because, again, if we're talking about, like, cities that are not called that city anymore, it's kind of hard to say. I don't know if, like, you know, even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. Are you freestyling right now? (laughs) They might be giants. Ah, yes. You saw this mm-hmm. band recently, didn't you? I did, you? and it was very good. They did All of Flood. I rem- I still remember the first time I heard that album. It's I had like that much of an effect on me. Um, and that song, as well as Particle Man, were done on Particle Man? Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh. Uh, and it's very, very good, and they did All of Flood, and it made me very happy. Uh, I saw awesome. it in Maine, and then I saw it again in Florida. Um. So I don't know if this is like a city that no longer exists or it's just like a changed name. And I don't know in the case of Istanbul and Constantinople if there was much of a change, um, you know, aside from just a name change. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. 
But I th- I I don't really have anything else that's jumping to mind. Me either. Pompeii. Is I was Pompeii that was still a, a city? I was just gonna say Pompeii, but, but Pompeii doesn't exist anymore technically. But it's not because of the being exactly. It's because of, it of a fucking volcano. Volcano. Yeah. I think we should just go with your gut. You got a good gut. Let's go with uh, let's go with Constantinople. Okay. We're gonna say Constantinople. That's correct. Yay! Oh my god! Two for two, baby. I'm taking your wife. Whoa, she's mine now. <laughs> Because we get, so. I we am got, not an object. Because we, we got two trivia questions. I don't think that's how this works. <laughs> what, what I had a little joke what? planned, but you soured my mood. Now <laughs> let's I'm just joking. move on. I just, I we got two questions right. They were both all, all her. I think. What was the first one? The first one was the James Bond question, and she tried to steer you a, to to me. Oh Dalton. yeah, okay. That was a collab. That was a little teamwork. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more question, darling. Yes. Say your joke. I want to hear your joke. Oh, Mark, I was going to ask you what happens if you have a date in Constantinople. Not my wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have a date in Constantinople, um, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. There you go. She'll be waiting in Istanbul. I had to think of the lyrics. <laughs> but yes. This is a great question to drop Quizmasters to when it's uh, late in the round and you want to play some music. You can pop that song on oh. while you're scoring and... Astute players will pick up on what you're doing and go, oh, it is. Let it creep in with that mm-hmm. violin solo. Oh, it's so good. Sometimes you can do fun things with the music <laughs> at uh, <laughs> trivia. Yeah. Last question. Take us home. All right. So I'm wondering, so I have this very interesting question and um, that I think you both will you both will appreciate, but I'm trying to figure out if I want to ask the hard version or the slightly easier version. Just throw one at us. You keep giving us too many choices and telling us we're going to do good. Give us the version. You're psyching that will, us out. Yeah, give us the version that will not have us getting um, uh, hints. Okay. Well, this has a built-in hint. Perfect. That's what we. Hey, it's part of the Pibs system. Mm-hmm. It's at least a contender for Pibs ranking. Okay. Let's see here. Are you rewriting on the fly? Yes. <laughs> uh, Sorry, take a second. It's. I, I'm going to take just a little second. This is what editing is for. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm fuck it. I'm going to ask the hard question, the hard version, because okay. I'm. I think you guys will get can get it. I believe in you. The illusion of choice. <laughs> okay. In 1999, Stop us confidence too. It's backfiring. Yeah, you didn't please. know potato and leek soup. You thought Mark was going to get that. Why did you think Mark was going to get that? Because he watches Great British Baking Show and he's dating Shaney. That's, not, that's and not a baking Sue's thing. Not baking. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like thinking it's maybe it's pretzel related, like some kind of sweet cream sauce or something. That was going everywhere in my mind. Anyway, what do you got for us? In 1999, Academy Award nominated director Paul Thomas Anderson pitched a music-centric neo-variety show to VH1 for which only one pilot episode was made. The episode featured special musical guest Elliot Smith and was hosted by which musician and producer? One more time. In 1999, Academy Award-nominated director Paul Thomas Anderson pitched a music-centric neo-variety show to VH1, for which only one pilot episode was made. The episode featured special musical guest Elliot Smith and was hosted by which musician and producer? And he was going to be the standing host of the, of the whole show. It was called the, it was the so-and-so show. So let me tell you something. All right. Because I'm mad at myself, and you're going to be a little mad at me. 
I saw this video online. I yeah. passed by it. And it was Elliot Smith. It was a rare video of Elliot Smith on the show with puppets resurfaces. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to come back to that and watch that. Because mm. Elliot Smith looks absolutely miserable in mm-hmm. it. And I was like, I got to check this out and see what this is all about. Never went back. That's it. That's the show. And this motherfucker over here watched, watched it. it and wrote this question. <laughs> and I didn't. Mm. And I fucked up. Mm. Did you give a year? 1999. 99. Musician slash producer. Yeah. That's interesting. That would be into Elliot Smith. Um, Interesting. Steve Albini. That was the first name that came to my mind. Mutt Lang. Who's PTA going to be interested in having this as the host is another good question. Nigel Godrich, producer of Radiohead. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of a musician he is. Damon Johnny, Alburn. Does he do a lot of production? I think with the Gorillas he does. That could definitely be a good And that's right in the time period of when he's... Maybe post blur, looking for something else to do, and like thinking about these like out of the box things. Like if Gorillaz is on the radar in '99, I think it would, they even had an album out at that point. Yeah, you know that sounds right. Johnny Greenwood, mm. musician. The Johnny do Greenwood show. Haven't they collaborated? Johnny Greenwood. Yes, has done they the, did actually. The, um, soundtrack for. <laughs> Why are you saying stuff during the sus? <laughs> Is he not on the? He can't be on the table now unless you're fucking with us. I just forgot that he worked on. Uh, and there will be Licorice blood. Pizza. He did the he did the soundtrack for Licorice Pizza, and there will be blood. Famously for there will be blood. Terrifying, but it's not him. So it <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be really mad. <laughs> um, start sending an email. Well, you know, a long email. <laughs> Oh man, um, so hyped on Johnny Greenwood as the. Answer. I mean, I think I don't think of him as being a host. That's the thing. Yeah, but so that's I'm trying who to think PTA would get as a host as the guy that you don't think would be a good host for VH1. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy who played drums for Garbage? Oh, um, uh. And produced Nevermind. I keep wanting to say Mutt Lang, but it's not him. I always confuse his name with... I keep wanting to say Vic Firth, but that's a drummer. But he's got a a name like that. No, he's not the drummer. Oh, yeah, he is the Vic drummer. Vic Firth has drumsticks named after him. Yes, so. yes, but... um, Oh, what's this guy's name? Butch Vig. Butch Vig, thank you. And it was a VI name. Butch Vig? I don't know how much of a musician he is. He's a drummer. And he does. Oh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Butch Vig, the Butch Vig show. I guess I can see the VH1 connection there a little bit easier than. I mean, he's produced other stuff. that's not as heavy, you know? Yeah. But big name. Mm -hmm. He's got a personality. Yep. Albini would not go for this. I don't think (laughs) Steve Albini. As soon as I said, I mean, it would be funny to watch him because he's such a fucking misanthrope. Yeah. He's a good follow on Twitter. I don't do much on Twitter, as you know, but he's always got some kind of 
I had to unfollow when we started talking shit about Steely Dan. That's, yeah, I was, was not happy about that, but whatever. I mean, people have got, you know, their opinions. Again, it's one of those things where it's like, if you voice a concern once, it's fine. But if it starts going into like two days, you know, like. I had to unfollow a, a, a brother of a friend of yeah. mine who was kind of also a friend posted something about a trans person coming out of a bathroom and referred to them as a gross man with their nails painted. And I was like, Fuck off. okay, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Sorry. Hovered over there knowing that if I ever run into him again, it's going to be maybe a little bit awkward, but I was like, I've got enough reason here to fucking just unfollow you. Fuck off. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't hold that high of a standard of my Twitter followers. I just want to oh, make yeah, that yeah, clear. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. If you talk shit about Steely Dan, that might be all it takes. That's, but that's, you know, I don't have to follow everybody. You know, it's fine. No, totally. Like, yeah. Whatever. What you Maybe think, I'll Butch follow Vig? him again. Who's to say? Yeah. Yeah. He talks Vig. a lot about poker. We're going to say Butch Vig. Guys, that was a great sus. But that's incorrect. Okay. <laughs> the correct answer is John Bryan. Oh. The John oh. Bryan Show. Okay. He uh, worked with Paul Thomas Anderson on Magnolia uh, uh, and, and Punch, Punch Drunk, Drunk Love yeah, and yep. I Heart Huckabees. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he uh, also worked with What's His Face, Charlie Eternal Kaufman. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Most famously, Eternal Sunshine. He also did Synecdoche, New York. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. And um, John Bryan. Yeah. Yep. Had a residency at the Largo. Should have known. Should have known. I was thinking of flipping that question and asking it was like pitched by which director. Oh, that would have been mm, interesting. Yeah. But I figured I probably, yeah, I probably guess would. Charlie Kaufman. Well, yeah. He was a writer during some of these eras. Didn't they collaborate? Yeah, they did collaborate. Kaufman and PTA, right? Probably. Didn't they? Yeah. Wasn't that Eternal Sunshine? I think so. Yeah. It was a collaboration between them. Yep. And then Kaufman started directing after Adaptation? I believe so. That sounds right. Was Synecdoche his first I think movie? that was his first. Directing? Mm, might be. We'll check it out during the break. Yeah. Which we're going to take right now. Yes. We're going to take that break, and we're going to come back with some no notes and a couple miscorrections. And, most importantly, a second round of trivia. Oh, yeah. Um, can I get some ice? You certainly can. Yes. If you don't mind. Yes, he did direct uh, New York. But was that his first movie? I know he directed it. But I kind of had this feeling that he did another one at first. But maybe not. Maybe it wasn't first. What a gutsy first fucking movie to direct. For real. We're back and it's time for some no notes. No, 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 we got some no notes here to get through first. Miles wrote it in to let us know that I was correct in that a higher seed will be a lower seed number in a tournament. So thank you for the cl- clarification on that, Miles. Uh, Holgast wrote in to let us know that, quote, Bob Hawk is a legend here for his characteristically Australian drinking. One of the few notable things that a PM has done outside of politics that everyone knows. I had considered writing in with a question about what he had a world record in. So this is uh, uh, indeed a uh, popular piece of trivia. Mm. Mark, for your sauce over Judy Garland's massively attended funeral, you uh, had guessed Marilyn Monroe. I just want to let you know that she did die in the 1960s. So you had the right decade, but the wrong pop culture icon. Of course. A no-note 
reminding us, uh, I think this is from Aaron, reminding us that the sum of all angles in a triangle is always 180 degrees. Mm-hmm. Could have helped me out with your question. <laughs> and Motor Liquor posted in Discord a pic of his coriaceous and otherwise houseplants. Mm-hmm. We also heard from Anand. With regards to the question about vermiculture, the suffix culture is used for any systemic growing of stuff. Agriculture, pisciculture, viniculture, horticulture. horticulture. And there's a lot of good disco- discussion going on the Discord, so <laughs> be sure to sign up there, folks, and get in the chat. And now we have some uh, missed corrections. Missed corrections. I thought this was all going to be one. Keeping you guys on your toes. Yeah, seriously. Just a couple things here. Um for our last episode with our guest hosts, I taught them the wrong theme to the rate my question. That was the miscorrection theme, so apologies <laughs> for that. And also, in our last episode, Mark, I was singing that theme song for Maximum Overdrive, but I sang the wrong words. I sang Who Built Who, but the song is Who Made Who. Who Made Who. I thought you were making just a AC/DC. clever pun. Nope, just a mistake on my part. Just wanted Fair, to I appreciate that. your honesty. And in the words of Quizmaster Mark on the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, two rights make a wrong. You being right and you writing in? That's right. That's our third right. I did it. All right. If you'd like to write us with a missed correction, a rate my question, or even just a little no note, you can write to us at nononsensetrivia at gmail.com or call us at 1-929-356-6966 or find us on social media. And if you have yet to do so, please take a moment to review our show on Apple, Podchaser, Good Pods, Spotify, Bad Pods, or wherever else you might find our show available for rating and review. And speaking of reviews, Mark, I'd I'd like to share one with you that we got recently here. I use Podcast Addict. They got reviews on there? Yeah. Well, go review us on there too then, folks. We got a five-star review here. Hell yeah. From Big Wonka. <laughs> oh, the old Big Wonka. <laughs> I don't know if it's an accent. It's spelled like Willy Wonka. That's fine. It's not Big Wonka. Big Wonka. The subject here helps me keep the wheels moving. Yeah, me too. I'm a truck driver and listen to podcasts all the time. I was in the search of a trivia podcast to help with the monotony of life on the road. I've tried listening to other trivia pods, but they don't hold a candle to Lee and Mark. Hell yeah. Thank you both for helping the miles fly by and educating me along the way. I know others have complained about the, quote, nonsense in these reviews, but I believe that is what sets you two apart from the rest. As Roald Dahl said, quote, a little nonsense now and then is cherished by the wisest men. I love that. I love that. Yeah. That may be my favorite review we've gotten. And... You know, I've heard uh, I've heard there's a number of people that we have that listen to the podcast that listen to other other trivia podcasts. Lisa comes to mind, um, it, you know, and there's some other people that I know listen to a good deal of uh, of podcasts that dabble exclusively in trivia. And a lot of them have said that one of the things that sets us apart is us being versus each other rather than asking questions to just like, you know, or, or giving facts. Um, and also the fact that we're, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And I take a lot of pride in both of those. Yes. So thank you, Big Wonka. 
Yeah, my only criticism is the Roald Dahl quote, who I believe is a noted anti-Semite. But mm, oh. I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, though, yeah, you yeah. know. Okay. Uh, I don't think that that's what Big Wonka meant at all with that inclusion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just to put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, no quotes from Kanye West either, please. Yeah, please. Even if he says he loves us. Even if he says, I listen to the No Nonsense podcast, trivia podcast and Quizmaster Lee made me love Jews again. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh okay. God. Please don't, please don't let us know. How absolutely wild. All right. How about we get into our second round of trivia here? Sounds yeah. good. Give it to us, Lee. I have a Formula One question to kick this off. Now, Kyle, I might have asked this to you in terms of reviewing some of my questions for live trivia, but Mark is a Formula One fan, so I think you might be able to handle this on your own here. Yeah. I, you did ask me a Formula One question earlier this week. Okay. Well, if you wouldn't mind, just that's keep fine. it mum during Mark's sus here. Yeah. Here's the question, Mark. Excluding race suspensions, what is the standard maximum length of time of an F1 race? So if nobody has won by this amount of time, they say, all right, this is going to be the last go. Oh, shit. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did ask me this question earlier. And excluding race suspension. So if they have to stop the race, they stop this clock as well. Well, that's interesting. One of the things that I like about F1, you know, people will say, oh, we'll get into NASCAR. But, like, NASCAR, those races can go on fucking forever. One of the nice things about F1 is that it's not 500 fucking laps over and over again. Um, gee whiz. Uh I know we've had a couple – I know there was a race last season, I think, where they almost hit this limit. And they were like, we need to, like, fucking wrap it up because there was rain and stuff. <clears throat> uh, I'm just going to have to shoot in the dark here. Uh, I'm going to say three hours. No. Mark, you'll be happy to hear it's only two hours. Two hours. You were so two close. Hours. Yeah. 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 Fuck. All right. Well, I wouldn't feel too bad about that. You know, it's kind of an obscure rule. Yeah, I I knew it was close. I I just gave a little too much uh, too much line. To it, it's brought up so with. infrequently in the, in the sport that you know, unless you're you're privy to the rules or you know, super fan about it. Yeah. Now you know. Uh, here's your next question: The Monsonaris River runs through which European capital city? which is also the second largest city in the European Union. The Monsonaris River, that's M-A-N-Z-A-N-A-R-E-S. The Monsonaris River runs through what European capital city, which is also the second largest city in the European Union? I don't know why, but my first <clears throat> instinct is uh, Madrid. Can I get the spelling one more time? M A N Z A N A R E S. Yeah. I'm thinking Madrid yeah. or <laughs> sounds like a Spanish spelling. Doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Or maybe uh could be Italian. Mm. It's capital of Italy. It's not Rome, is it? Is it Rome? 
Maybe it, I think it's Rome. Hmm. Does Rome have a river mm -hmm. flowing through it? I don't know. Ah, you feel I'm feeling Madrid. Madrid. Okay. Right. What's the largest uh, capital city in Europe? Paris? London? I feel like Paris and London are like a lot smaller than you'd think, yeah. if I remember correctly. Um, maybe Hamburg uh, is probably on the bigger side. When you say largest, do you know if you're talking about population? Area, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> I believe. Oh, okay. I can try and get clarifying information if you'd like. Well, that's just always a thing, you know, and, like, it's come up in my trivia, too. When you say largest in a city, it, it begs the question, is it by population or is it by land area? Maybe it's Lisbon, capital of Portugal. That's why you could use... Like most populous, if you mean population or, you know, population. Okay. Turkey has a river. What's the capital of Turkey? Um, is it Istanbul? <laughs> no, it's a. Uh, no, what is the capital of Turkey? Damn. Stuffing. You're hilarious. <laughs> he gave me that look. I'm a stinker. I'm a little, I'm just stinker. being a little stinker. Don't no eat me. Right? Um, I have nothing Let's go with Madrid. <laughs> All right. Let's just say Madrid. That's correct. Hey! Good job, guys. We did it. Yeah, the spelling, I think, kind of helps give it away mm -hmm. a little bit, though. It could be Italian, could be French, something like that. Mm -hmm. But you guys nailed it. Madrid. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. No, not nice. Isn't it my turn? Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys a choice again. Do you want that Simpsons question, or would you like a Inventions question? Inventions. All right. Thank you. Invented in 1925 by Dr. Charles Brannock, the Brannock device is used to this day to measure what part of the body? I know this. Oh, cool. Okay. Is it cranium? Is it cervix? No. <laughs> I don't know that. Measured the cervix? <laughs> yeah, when you're dilating mm -hmm. or whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, Sometimes yeah. you need to measure it. Oh, it's the oh, shoe size. I believe I asked this you have question asked this. like within yeah. the first year of this podcast. Oh. I should have remembered. <laughs> yeah, so we'll say shoe size. To feet. measure your feet. Yes. Hey. That is correct. It's that, it's that metal thing that you, I don't mm -hmm. know if you've ever been to a shoe store and they have you no, step on never. that metal thing. Yes. And they, they <laughs> now who's harshing who's mellow? <laughs> Lee? The Brannock device. The Brannock mm -hmm. device. I was thinking of the Brainiac device probably for the cranium. <laughs> for the cranium. There you yeah. go. My second question for you for this round is about figure skating turns. Okay. You, guys, you guys have any knowledge of this kind of stuff? Not really, no? no. Well, try to write this in a way that even if you didn't have knowledge, you might be able to suss out the answer. So let me know how I did here. Okay. What brand of candy's name mm. could be used to describe a group of figure skaters who can make multi-rotational one-footed turns on the ice? 
technically challenging feat. What brand of candy's name could be used to describe a group of figure skaters who can make multi-rotational, one-footed turns on the ice? Brand of candy makers? Brand so, of candy's name. So the answer is going to be so the name of a brand like, of candy. Hershey? Like- a brand of candy. So like Reese's, M&M's, Starburst. Okay. Snickers. The o- Milky Way. The only uh, ice skating move I know is axle, like a double axle or a triple axle. One finger multi-twist. Let me ask you, mm-hmm. because this is kind of living in my head and I'm not sure if it's right or not. Pirouettes. Is there a kind of candy called a pirouette? Yes. There, well, it's, a, um, it's like a cookie. Those like uh, <clears throat> thin cookies. I love those. I used to love those as a kid. It's like a wafer. I wonder if that's considered a candy. I wonder if that's considered a candy here. Because a pirouette is when a ballerina... Makes circles, spins circles, yeah. So that would make sense. I don't know if that would be lumped in the candy category. It's more of a cookie. A confectionery. Well, not a confectionery, no. Maybe the answer is take five. How many times are you going to spin? Take five. (laughs) (laughs) this would be the uh, word for a group of skaters just want to remind you that too oh a group of skaters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. listen carefully what brand of candy's name can be used to describe a group of figure skaters who can make multi-rotational one-footed turns on the ice maybe it is m&ms i don't know skittles a skittle Skittles. The group of skaters. Oh, those Skittles over there. They're all those, doing all those skaters multiple. over there that can spin on the ice on I, one foot. I call the, that group of them Skittles. <laughs> Taste the rainbow. Um, Hashtag not mad. Please know as we guess these different candies. Jawbreakers. None of them are Gobstoppers. Even if we sound like we're salivating. What shall I call it? Toblerones. <laughs> Reese's. Um, you said to let you know. Mm-mm. I guess not. I mean, you did. I'm sure it's fine. And I'm, I'm wondering how much we're going to kick ourselves. Kisses. Well, now I'm wondering if I should even Reese's. ask this question tonight. Um, Mike and Ike's. Good and plenty. Good and plenty. <laughs> Enough flips. It's good. Flips. Plenties. Or not flips, twists. Uh, Twizzlers? Is it a Twizzler? Twizzlers. That's clever. I like Skittles and Twizzlers the most so far. Yeah. A group of ice skaters who can do... Nerds? Is it nerds? (laughs) (laughs) Arguably, (laughs) the answer is yes. (laughs) Motherfucker! Arguably, the answer to that is definitely yes. For sure, nerds. <laughs> um, Best worst answer. Have you ever seen the meme that's like something about like, you may call them goths, but I call them and it's a box of spooky nerds <laughs> from Halloween. It's very, very funny. Um, man, I, I just don't know. 
You want to go with Twizzlers? Let's go with Twizzlers. We're going to say Twizzlers. That's correct. Hey! Hey! A one-footed <laughs> multi-rotational turn on the ice is called a Twizzle. So a group of them would be called Twizzlers. Damn, and they taste like strawberry. Well, that sounds horny. I didn't mean it to sound how horny it sounded. I am so Damn, sorry. Harry Styles over here. If you're a Twizzle, I did not mean to be uh... a Twizzler. The Twizzle's the move. Oh, so oh, the, oh. The group of them doing it it's would be Twizzlers. There, one of them is a Twizzler. A group of them is Twizzlers. All right. Here is your... Well, is that good then? Because you guys got it. So I think it yeah. is sussable for, sure. for the mm-hmm. non Only because I could folk. answer it. Yes. Here is your last question from me of this round. What pop singer holds over 20 Guinness Book of World Records, including first solo act to occupy top three positions simultaneously on the U.S. singles chart, the most simultaneous top 40 entries on the U.S. singles chart by a single female artist, most streamed track on Spotify in one week, and most subscribers for a female musician on YouTube. I think it's Ariana Grande. Mm. Selena Gomez has the most followers on Instagram. I know that. And Taylor Swift is another one. Good. I think it's one. I think it's we're in that vein here. I think it's Taylor Swift did have a number of achievements, has set records. Mm-hmm. But Ariana Grande um, also has. Yes. And I think, you know, looking at different records, you could say one, you know, has surpassed the other. But um, I know with um, Taylor Swift's last album that many of those songs were on the top ten, maybe even occupying all top ten spots at once. And that was a first. You could be right. That was not included in this list. So that makes me think maybe it's Ariana Grande. I feel very strongly about Ariana Grande. Let's do it. Ariana Grande. Correct. Very good, you guys. Good sus. Very good. Very good. Okay, darling. Our last question, please. All right. Of the round. Let's go. Out of the... We still got more to come in round three. This is a history question. There's more coming. Mm. (laughs) That's right. Did you say history? Yep. Oh, okay. On April 4th, 2023, Donald Trump became the second U.S. president to be arrested. Who was the first? Mm. What? Really? Mm -hmm. I thought he was the first. Nope. That Vice article said he was. Well, they're wrong. Maybe after presidency? Maybe. You know, that's a good question. I don't know if this form, I don't know if this president was president at the time. They were arrested maybe before they were president? Mm. Well, the first person that comes to mind is Richard Nixon. Hmm. I'm not sure if he was arrested. I don't think he was. I think some other people took the fall for that, basically. May have been some fucking old-ass president. Like Andrew Jackson or something. I think he was president at the time. Hmm. He was president at the time of arrest? Because mm-hmm. Trump wasn't even president at the time of arrest, or he was a former president. Mm-hmm. So this this president was arrested? He was president. He was taken in by authorities. Didn't Andrew Jackson do some shit? 
He did a lot of shit, yeah. Was he arrested? There was, I think, he might have been the subject of the first assassination attempt on a U.S. president. Um, but that wasn't a state-sponsored hit. <laughs> you know? Could it be George Washington? And it's like the British arrested him or something. See, I was thinking of something like that. Like something old where like mm-hmm. the rules are all fucking wild. Like it doesn't say who the arresters are necessarily. Um, John Adams was a lawyer. Maybe he was associated with the Sons of Liberty revolutionary movement. Yeah. And, but he was, I think he was always like, he served as defense for the, for the British during the, uh, the massacre. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. There's a lot of presidents. (laughs) Doing a lot of fucked up shit. Yeah. There's what? 50 something? 40 something? 45. 45. 46. So there's 46 presidents. It could, well, there's a lot. It can't, it can't be Barack Obama. It can't be George Washington or, uh, George Bush or George Bush Jr. It can't be, you know, it's not Bill Clinton, right? He wasn't arrested. Would you like to know what he was arrested for? Sure. At this point, yeah. Speeding. <laughs> okay. Well, that takes out anybody before 1910 or whatever the fuck. It's Joe Biden. Here's a good trivia question. In what decade were speed limits started? Yeah, that is a good question. Because, I mean, when they first sure, had cars, I don't first. think... Yeah. What was the first car in like Model Ts were like 1910, right? Like the 1910s? Yeah, 1920s. somewhere around there, turn of the century. So I'm sure like there probably weren't speed limits immediately. It probably wasn't until they started like, I don't know. That's interesting. I think so, the early cars were slower than horses. So right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you just didn't have to feed them and they wouldn't shit all over the ground. Right. So let's think that we're thinking of any presidency 1930 on... Something like that, 1920, 1930, at the earliest. Trying to think of somebody who could become president that would be reckless. So then JFK. (laughs) Well, I was going to say also, like, we need to think maybe earlier when presidents would do things themselves before Secret Service and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Because, like, a president has to, if he was arrested for speeding, he would have had to have been the one driving. Mm-hmm. FDR, Eisenhower, Eisenhower, Dwight D, DDE, Truman, Harry Truman. Should we go with Truman? Sure. Fuck it. Harry Truman. That's incorrect. <sighs> the correct answer is Ulysses S. Grant. Grant? Really? Yes. In the general? In 1872, he was pulled over in his horse and buggy for speeding by a police officer. He was let off 
with a warning. You said arrested. Hold on. Wait for it. He was let off with a warning because he was the fucking president. But Ulysses S. Grant had a penchant for racing horses, and he loved it. Very next day, same officer caught him speeding again in a street near the White House. And he's like, look, I gave you a warning. I got to take you in now. So wow. Ulysses S. Grant. And he went willingly, huh? Mm-hmm. He knew he fucked up. Wow. <laughs> Grant. Now, did he send the arresting officer a long email the next morning? <laughs> complaining about points. the rules? He I also my called his wife really dumb. <laughs> I didn't know what the speed limit was. Oh, All Christ. Right. Well, interesting question. Very. Is that... All of our That's round it. two? Wow. Okay. We're going to take another break here before we come back with a rate my question and our last questions of the episode. Dun, dun, dun. Go for it. Oh. Grant was another one that popped in my head, but I was thinking related to like the Civil War or something. This was. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'll try a million cookies. Still not sure if it's good. Let me try another. We're back. Mark's eating some cookies right now. What do you think, bud? What are you doing to me right now? Oh, it's so good. So what's he eating there, darling? That is, he's right now he's eating a raspberry white chocolate lemon shortbread cookie. Oh my God. I have to save some of this for Shamie. Yeah. I have the other half you can bring to her. Uh-huh. She will freak out. Yeah. This is so good. Oh, my God. And what's the other one there? That is a carrot cake cookie. Nice I'll icing on to top. We'll get back to that one in a little yeah. bit here. We're probably going to launch a cookie venture here sometime soon. So mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that, listeners. You might have an opportunity here to get some delicious Kylian cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to go ahead and uh, take on a rate my question right now. Okay. Rate it, Mark. What do you think of those cookies? Well, that one. I guess you haven't done the other one yet. This is the the lemon. A plus. What is it? A plus. A plus. Yeah. Nice. I'm gonna hold on this one for a minute. You got it, bud. All right. Here is our call. Hey, Lee, Mark, and uh, if you have a guest, hey, you know, how, how's it going to you two? This is Hi. A.A. Ron calling with a rate my question. Uh, the category would be literary history. So here goes. Joseph Conrad's 1899 novel, Heart of Darkness, describes the bleak living conditions in the Congo under King Leopold of Belgium, who sent in mercenary armies to retrieve which valuable natural resource? And I will send the answer to that in an email. Thanks a lot for everything you guys do. I'm still a couple of weeks behind catching up from the holiday season, but I've really enjoyed the last few episodes. Nice to hear Kyle Ann on so much. Nice to hear Seth on again a a couple of times. So, uh, again, thanks for what you do, and uh, enjoy. Thank you, A.A. Ron. I love you, A.A. Ron. So the question here was as follows. Joseph Conrad's 1899 novel, Heart of Darkness, describes the bleak living conditions in the Congo under King Leopold of Belgium, who, is said, who, who sent in mercenary armies to retrieve 
Which valuable natural resource? Well, Congo. You know about the Heart of Darkness, right? I think uh, I read the book at one point in high school. It was I turned into I a did. movie. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now. That's correct. Right. A uh, loose adaptation, right? Yes. Is it a direct adaptation? Well, apparently, because I, for as far as I know, all they're doing is extracting a general. Well, in Apocalypse Now, it's Vietnam, right? Is the mm, backdrop? Maybe you're right. It's. I think it's. it's it inspired. follows it. Yeah, it, it follows the story similarly, but mm-hmm. you know the the character of uh, um. The Marlon Brando character. I can't remember his character's name in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. What is his name? But he's inspired by this uh, this King Leopold character. and Well, character slash person. Yeah. So what is what is being extracted in that original book? I'm, I'm thinking it's like either gold or maybe platinum. Are you sure it isn't like diamonds? Mm. Or like... Uh, I don't think it's oil. I wouldn't consider. I would consider diamonds valuable, but to call them a resource, natural resource, that'd be a weird. Do you think maybe it's possible? I guess it's. Um, well, tell me your definition of resource then. A resource is. I mean, a diamond could certainly be extracted and and traded, <laughs> but I'm guessing that a material that has like a pretty wide variety of uses okay well i don't know necessarily i don't want to i don't want to commit to that definition but i don't know i, I don't think it's i was diamonds. initially thinking what's the big what's the heavy difference between gold and diamonds but i mean i would think that you could use diamonds for things like cutting glass or whatever 1899 is at the beginning of uh well it's you know at the turn of the century could it be oil i was thinking oil. heart of darkness it certainly could. It certainly could. Just raw crude. Oh, from the ground came a bubble in crude. It could also be tea. Like le- like maybe there's leaves, tea leaves. Mm, the or- Congo. So mm-hmm. we're thinking Africa here. Yeah. Africa is in the Bible Belt. I believe Congo is actually in the Bible Belt. Bible belt. What? The coffee belt. I was, I was like, <laughs> the, well, I what? started wondering, like, does Africa have a Bible belt? Maybe a they coffee do. belt. They do now in the 21st century. Mm. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's that coffee that monkeys shit out or whatever. Oh, oh. Um, I know. It ca- starts with cavit? a C. Ca- caveat? Cavictus? Caveat. I don't know. Oh, I don't remember. Wood. No. Sheep. Uh-uh. Brick. No. Ore. No. You're just Catan. Catan. <laughs> These are the resources of Catan. I'm thinking. I'm telling Stardew you. Valley. I think it's like it's something like tea or coffee or tobacco or like ivory. Even ivory. There's was enough huge. coffee and all that stuff in other places. I think it's got to be something that's very well. Of course, we're talking about the guy from Belgium that's trying to get this stuff. Maybe it's cocoa leaves. Is it a type? Cacao. Is it a type of? Well, maybe that's a little eighteen ninety nine now. I was gonna say maybe it's a type of like dye, but that's more that was more prevalent like hundreds of years earlier where mm-hmm. dye was valuable. Yeah, natural resource. 
Yep. Is I, so ivory wouldn't be considered a national resource or natural resource, I guess, huh? Uh, yeah, it would. I, I I think so. I mean, you know, there's you know ethical concerns with how it's procured, but. Well, I mean, that could very well be it then. I mean, Mm -hmm. she mentioned it and people thought like it fucking cured diseases and. But is the, does the Congo have a lot of elephants? I thought that that was more of like, uh, I mean, I guess there are elephants all over Africa, Mm -hmm. different parts, but the Congo, I think of like deep jungle, right? I mean, I think of elephants living in deep jungle, I guess, or maybe not. Maybe it's snakes. Snake? A valuable resource? Snake skin. I don't know. It's not what would first come to mind for natural, valuable natural resource. I'm thinking oil, very valuable, fine metals. The Congo. Maybe gems, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Emeralds. But, you know, the, the plant thing, like, maybe that's, that's influencing the quote unquote governor's decision, you know, is like, he's like, no, I enjoy the, you know, either the cocaine plant I just, that we're, you know, dealing with here. Based on the clues, I, based on the clues, they're saying that like the bleak living conditions of the Congolese people. So they're being forced to like farm something. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Well, I don't know if that's necessary. I think that, or mine, but that's, mm-hmm. I think just having to go into the Congo is what, woke them up to the to the bleak living conditions. Mm. I don't, you know, it's mercenaries that are existing in Belgium that are sent, you know, either from, well, maybe from Belgium, maybe somewhere else. But I think it's just basically saying that, like, the bleak living conditions were realized by these people that were sent in there. I don't know if it has ne- anything necessarily to do with... I don't know. We man. are struggling here. Yeah. Let's just... You know, I think at the end of the day... I think maybe diamonds are the best. Guess. I think diamonds, especially right. back then, they I think were considered, you know, okay, a big deal. I'm going with our first guess: diamonds. <laughs> After, After all, all that, that. <laughs> Jigs Coke. A. Uh, Aaron's email here says, "Good morning." The answer to the question is below: rubber, <laughs> rubber. Okay, which makes sense for the time period, as we know, mm-hmm. with, you know. Um, Tires and whatnot being required for vehicles and stuff. Rubber became highly sought after uh, during that time period. Okay. Very well, interesting because uh, in the uh, Wikipedia article, while we were looking up the answer to see if we could find it, it says that Kurtz is an ivory trader, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which made me mm. immediately think that ivory was correct. But mm. All right. Now That's we have what to, I saw too, yeah. Now we have to rate this question. So I'll read it for you one more time here just to get it fresh in our minds. Joseph Conrad's 1899 novel, Heart of Darkness, describes the bleak living conditions in the Congo under King Leopold of Belgium, who sent in mercenary armies to retrieve which valuable natural resource? I would give it, I would give it, uh, I'll give it four out of five, four and a half out of five, well, I'll give a four out of five motherfuckers. Because I do want a little bit more of a hint. I just want a little bit more of a hint. Mm. Like as to what the resource could be. Sourced from trees. Yeah, that would be a great hint. Does make it quite a bit easier. 
But yeah, that is how you could add a hint. But I mean, source from trees, I don't think that makes it so much easier that, you know. Maybe take out valuable natural. You could just say resource sourced from trees. Mm -hmm. I hate that double source there, though. I don't know how you deal with that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly an option. Mark, what do you think about this question? You know, it's interesting. When I search for the word rubber in the Wikipedia article under the summary, nothing comes up. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's fine. Uh, I think it might be a little too difficult. Um, this is something that... Um, Yeah, I wish I wish there was something a little more. I think there I, I agree with Kyle. I th- I wish there was something a little bit more to glom on to. I mean, you're just basically going by like a natural resource in the Congo in the turn of the century. And unless you know the story, you're just kind of guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of think that this might be like what, you know, what novel by Joseph Conrad, um, you know, exposes the horrors of the rubber trade. Right. Something like that. That would certainly make it quite a bit easier. I think that would be more palatable for the general, you know, pub trivia crowd, unless you're like in a room full of smarty pants every week. Yeah. You know, um, so for that reason, I'd give this uh, an A minus. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to use the PIB scale here. As oh, they, really? As they usually do. I'm glad you're shaking it up a little bit. Popular, interesting, built-in hint, and short and sweet is what PIB stands for. And I am going to give this a little P. Because literature, popular category. It's not a Liam Neeson. It's not but, a big P. But uh, <laughs> plot details, not as popular usually to ask a plot detail question. They are more difficult, and that's what we got going on here. So, yeah. If it was something like Mark's version of it where you flip it, I'd definitely give that a big P because, you know, you're just going to be asking about, like, a novel name or an author or something like that, which is, I, you know, good general knowledge in the, in the zeitgeist. The particular details, you know, it might be good for a higher level trivia, you know, like, uh, that's, that's a little bit more difficult designed. But for my trivias, I know that that would probably be a, a little too difficult. Maybe asking as the final question of the night, you know, that's probably of that difficulty scale. Um, is it interesting? Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. I'll give that a little eye. I mean, I'm not going to deprive it of an eye because, um, you know, it's got a lot of details here that, that make you think. Uh, Built-in hint. Knowledge of the source material here would do you well, and if you know your history, that might indicate the right answer, but those are not facets of the question, as Kyle pointed out astutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, even smaller B than there is a P. Is there a B at all, even? I don't know. I'm saying, I'm thinking no. You got valuable natural resource. I'll give that the tiniest little B. Mm -hmm. It's barely hanging on. Short and sweet. Yeah, it's uh, it's not overwritten. It's fine. So I'll give that a little less, too. I will give this an X. Dallas brought up the uh, the X factor, you know, of a question. And that is a question's ability to get a good sus going. 
And I do think the valuable natural resource did promote a good sus. We weren't like bored trying to think of an answer and like moving on to talk about other stuff. So I will give this Pibs X all lowercase is my rating for this question. I think a uh, what whatever year this novel was, you know, um, opened, you know, the world's eyes to the horrors of the rubber trade in the Congo. Yeah, I think something like that is still difficult. Still sussable, mentioning Joseph Conrad, if anybody is knowledgeable about books, that's a built-in hint, mm-hmm. because he is known to be, that's like his big book. I would even say um, the- and, or And I was going to say, I'm sorry, just real quick, um, which, um, you know, spawned a movie, you know, because, mm. again, it did spawn on a movie, not related, so it's a little tricky, it's almost a little bit of a, a, a misdirect, but Joseph Conrad book, again, if you know that he wrote Harder Darkness- um, I, I think that probably would be the route that I would go. Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right. Thank you for the question, A.A. Ron. And uh, thanks for, you know, your listenership and um, your friendship. You. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question. Rate us with a write my question. Or a missed correction, please do so at nonsensetrivia at gmail.com or call us at 1-929-356-6966. Kyle, won't you please start us off with the last round of trivia by asking us one trivia question of your choosing? I will do that. Thank you. Happy to oblige. All right. Which actor and comedian revealed in a 2009 interview that he still receives residuals for the 1992 film Batman Returns? because he was initially under contract to play the part of Robin before producers cut the role from the film. Wow. That's a good deal. You don't, don't even have to be down. You don't, don't even hear that be, again. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a good deal right there. You don't even have to be in the movie and get residuals on what it made. Mm-hmm. Good God. Mm-hmm. Which actor and comedian revealed in a 2009 interview that he still receives residuals for the 1992 film Batman Returns because he was initially under contract to play the part of Robin before producers cut the role from the film. Let me throw an idea at you. I'm just going to say a name. Well, comedian. Yeah, comedian. And actor. That makes it tricky. Mm-hmm. 92. So my first thought was Michael J. Fox. Mm. I would not call him a comedian. Exactly. Comic actor. Yes. But not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Who is a comedian in 92? Actor and comedian. Would have had to have been relatively young. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like I can name a lot of actor or comedians from that era, like Bob Saget, for example. But he seems a little old in 92. Yeah. To be playing Robin. What a lousy Robin mm-hmm. he'd be. And this is Michael Keaton as Batman. David Spade. <laughs> David Spade. He kind of fits. He's got like the young boyish, mm-hmm. but see again, comedian. So he was uh, the, a comedian. The quantifier of comedian. Yeah. Do they have to do stand up? I like, think he did do stand up. Yeah. And I think uh, he was on Saturday Night Live. So that's a, a live comic performance, not necessarily like a role that he was. He was a cast member and they don't do dramas on that show. So, you know, I, I would I would be fine calling him a comedian. Adam Sandler. I don't think it's Adam Sandler. Oh, my. 
<laughs> I think he's too big. I'm Let's trying to go, think of someone. It's a great. Hey, Batman! I just a little bit worried. That sounds like a bunch of bat shit. <laughs> no, when I first uh, came across, when I read about this, I'm like, this this has to be a factoid. And no, it's as of 2009 when this comedian was interviewed about Al Franken. This I'm in Saturday Night Live mode now. Yeah, clearly 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Moran. Did you say the year that the interview came out? 2009. 2009. 2009. So okay. as of two, so I don't know if. He's still receiving residuals, but as of that interview in 2009, he was. That indicates, though, that they were alive until at least 2009, you know, because I was thinking maybe Bill Hicks. I don't think he was an actor, though. He just did comedy. That'd be a rather surly Robin. Yeah, he's the other end. (laughs) Um, Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, my God. As Robin smoking in his mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> what about um? Uh, what's his name? He played Captain Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man, and he was in that firefighting show, and he had that song "I'm an Asshole." Oh, Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. Michael Keaton and Dennis Leary. What a fucking combo. Rob Schneider. What if it's Rob Schneider? He was on the up and up in 92. Surf ninjas. Yep, he was surf ninjas. (laughs) Uh, I can't imagine. I'm trying to think of someone a little smaller. He's a small guy. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Isn't he? I hope I he is. Well, I he don't is. think it's him. I have a big Rob Schneider. Who needs that? <laughs> Putting on the muscle. Well, I don't think it's him. Carrot Top. Not him. Gallagher. <laughs> Gallagher. <laughs> Another prop comedian. That's it. It's him. I don't know, man. I would have guessed uh, Adam Sandler, but Kyle laughed when I said Adam that. Sandler's too big. We, we he would be taller than tall. Oh, he would okay. be taller than Batman. We need someone who's well, a little diminutive. I mean, they deal with that problem all the time in Hollywood, man. I don't pull, think pull so. in the peach crate. We need someone this. to be like his little brother. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we need. That's why I was thinking David Spade. Yeah, a little, a little smaller, a little more diminutive, a little. You know, looks like someone who'd be an acrobat. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler's too big. At, yeah, I mean Rob Schneider. <laughs> Schneider is closer, for sure. Ninety two. I was twelve years old. Who in the fuck was big in the world of comedy? David Spade is really feeling good to me. I don't know why. He's got the Robin energy. He does, and he like is quippy. Mm-hmm. Let's go with it. We're gonna say David Spade. David Spade is incorrect. Oh, you had us going. I believe God we were damn right. It. The correct answer is Marlon Wayans. Marlon really? Wayans. I remember hearing that what? now. Okay, so 
Um, they even began production for a black Robin action figure with a high top haircut that they actually uh, repainted uh, when the um, when they cut the roll. So th- they repainted it and still released the action figure, even though what did they, what did they sell it here, as? It's Robin, but it, they repainted it as a white Robin. And here, I have a picture. Oh, no. I have a picture. It, Let me did pull they it keep up. the high top fade? He's not yes. even in the movie. Oh, no. no. He's there's not even the, in the there's movie. There's the Robin. And I think it's funny how on the um, the advert, like on the, the box, it, they have it so that he's like jumping down to like explain why his hair is like. <laughs> Let me see this. <laughs> That's wow. the repainting. The art order said, draw Robin with vertical hair, please. See? <laughs> please and thank you. That's terrible. That was supposed to be Marlon Wayans, but wow. they repainted it when his part was cut. So from his success Woof. on In Living Color, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right? I guess so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember I faintly remember energy. hearing about this. Did he ever play Robin on In Living Color? And that's... I don't I mean, it's possible. They had a it Batman is. sketch, and David yeah, Allen is Batman, smaller, and Marlon is Robin. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's my question for you guys. What profession in the field of health gets its name from Greek meaning female slave? Mm. I asked this on the last day of Women's History Month. Good job. What profession in the field of health Gets its name from Greek, meaning fam- female slave. Jeez. Um, Obstetrician. <laughs> Gynecologist. Right. Maybe. In the field of health. Female slave. See, okay, is it like slave to a female or a female... That is a slave. That's how I interpret it. I think it's a liar. Because otherwise it would be a female's slave would be the term, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of things that female slaves, Greek female slave. What would a Greek female slave do? What's Greek for female? I don't know. Female slave would probably be forced to do like... In in the medical field, probably be forced. I, I think it's just the name. I don't know that it's, if it's actually related to like what they would actually do. Like a, fe- I don't think it's related to a female slave's behavior. I'm talking about like what would they be forced to do, like in the medical field, and like and probably be like forced to do like midwifery, or. Um, That's what I'm saying. I don't know that it's necessarily related to the behavior. Maybe it is. Orthodontist? Keeping your teeth all locked up? Profession. Midwife. Maybe it's midwife. That's not the that's not a Greek name though, right? No. Does but... it have a like a a more a more Greek name? Obstetrician. I'm a gynecologist. Wow. I am so sorry. Wow. <laughs> you must be new here. <laughs> I thought my volume was all the way down. I don't know what happened. 
Well, it's good that that's the sound that came out, judging by what you said you were going to watch earlier. So <laughs> glad that's what surprised you. Well, I mean, that's the sound of porn that I watch. <laughs> that sounds lovely. You'll have to forward me that. Have you ever asked your buds to forward you porn? <laughs> Just based on the sweet music that's playing. Hey, bud, that sounds like a good video you're CC watching. See me on that. Forward that over to me. I don't know. I guess. I what? mean, I want to say like what gynecologist you... or obstetrician. Because they're things relating to women historically. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, maybe that's the case. You don't you don't like my orthodontist like teeth and bondage idea? No. Like they're shackled up. Female slave. In the med- in the in the health. Mm-hmm. Phlebotomist. I just feel like health. It doesn't necessarily mean like a doctor. It just means like, well, I, like a nutritionist. I'm, yeah, or I'm like yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. A phlebotomist is not a doctor. No. They're a medical professional. Mm-hmm. Nurse. What does nurse mean? Where's that come from? Does that predate, you know, ancient Greece? I feel better about nurse than I do about orthodontist. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so uh, I'm down with nurse. Profession in the medical field. Yeah. A nurse. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, but maybe it's nurse. Let's go with it. Nurse. <clears throat> Sorry, that's incorrect. Too good to be true. And I think it's one of those that as soon as I say it to you, you guys are going to go, duh. The correct answer is doula. Oh. Oh, which is like a midwife. Doula. Right? Yeah. It's a doula <laughs> is, um, that's why I was, it's like, it's not a doctor. It's not a nurse. It is somebody who is trained to assist with labor. That's correct. Mm. And um, it's so... Very Greek-sounding name, doula. Mm-hmm. I see. Sorry we didn't chase that path down. My Female wife. slave. All right. My last question for you guys and for our listeners is about yoga. Kyle, you've been... Uh, getting back in the yoga game recently. I have. Maybe you can be some help here. Here's the question. The common form of yoga, which focuses primarily on body posture and is practiced as physical exercise worldwide, has what name, which is a Sanskrit word meaning force? The common form of yoga, which focuses primarily on body posture and is practiced as physical exercise worldwide, has what name, which is a Sanskrit word meaning force. I believe it's vinyasa. Shavasana is like the final resting pose, typically. Biryani is not the generally uh, popular. I want to say Visyana. That was, I knew there was a word like that, that was the closest I could think of. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, as far as I know, 
I think that is like the typical, like, you know, your standard yoga, like where it's just like poses and like the flow vinyasa. Yeah. I think that we should go for it. All right. Vinyasa. We're going to say vinyasa. No, I'm (laughs) sorry. Vinyasa is, uh, I guess, related to specifically like transitions between different poses and stuff. The, uh, the Sanskrit word for force is hatha, hatha, H A T H A. Okay. So that's, uh, that's something that I discovered not many people in uh, my quiz knew about. And it is the most widely practiced form of yoga. Um, so pretty difficult question there. I wouldn't, wouldn't stress that too much. Mm-hmm. But hatha is the answer. Okay. All right. <laughs> Mark, you look like you're ready to be done with this. No, no, no. I, it's just, it's always rough when it's the category of something that I know nothing about. Yeah. I feel I, like I don't have any kind of standing chance. So I feel like when you ask wrestling questions, when John Lewis is on and you're like asking some question, I'm like, I may as well just take a shit. Well, as we say, sometimes Mark, you win or you learn. You can't lose at no nonsense trivia. I like that. Hata. And my love, Kyle Ann, thank you so much for joining us once again. Oh, are you kidding me? Kyle. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks for listening, everyone. Please join us every week for a new episode by subscribing to No Nonsense Trivia Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can support the no-no in several ways, the easiest by sharing this episode on your social media accounts with your friends. You could also leave us a written review on your favorite podcast platform, and you could support the podcast on Patreon by visiting our website, thenono.com, clicking the support link at the top, which will take you to our Patreon page. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for helping us out with the show, including our new Rumble Snailskins, Emily and Andrew H. We appreciate you both. Thank you so much for yes. getting on the patreon train also of course a huge thanks to our quiz daddies sam spencer blake aka motor liquor brandon long adam volk at esma and redcrest kitchen tim at pat's garden service tommy and gil it's gil our team captains hayden matt rick g skyler Kristen fletcher lydia og aaron and dhx3 Thanks also to our proverbial lightkeepers, JV, Clay, Merritt, JB, Paul, James, Josh, Cameron, Stephen Day, Cy, Caitlin, Mike K, Adam, Cole, Baby, Frank, Trent, Grant, Rob, Captain Nick Williams, Kate, Rachel, Moo, Tim Gomez, aka Mappy1984, Lucas, Carly, Sarah, Cooper, Matthew, Spencer, Lisa, Ryan, Adam, John, Lewis, Nabil, Ricky F, Justin P. Justin Ponstantinople. And, and Justin M. Justin Moore. Roger Moore. <laughs> and thanks to our Rumble Snailskins, Nora, Joe, Holgas, Mark with a C, Bill, Seth, Littlest of Lambs, Aunt Kiki, Ian, Andrea, Aleo, Tim, Binsky, Issa, Kara, Megan, Christopher, Brandon, Ed, Dylan, Sarah, Fox and Five, Laurel, Aaron, H Bomb, Lauren, MJ, Steven, Kenya, Dallas, and all my favorite things from the screen, Allison, Paige, Kevin, Sarah, Alex, and Mike J. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question, or rate us with a write my question, or a missed correction, or a no note, no nonsense trivia gmail.com is the email address, or you can give us a call at 1 929 356 6966. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at No Nonsense Trivia, and on Twitter at No Non Trivia. 
Mike J, by the way, uh, kind enough to invite me to go see Wilco on April 20th in Clearwater. Very, very excited to see them. Yes, I'm very, very pumped. Hey, listener, do you want to hang out with us throughout the week? Well, we have a Discord channel you can join. Just check the show notes for that. Uh, We also have a Lyrics to Go channel there if you uh, listen to Lyrics to Go and you would like to talk about the song of the week, etc., uh, please feel free to let your uh, your voice be heard there. Thank you to Lee for posting uh, the last couple of songs we've done. I appreciate you. My pleasure. We also have a Facebook group. The link for that is also in the show notes. Or you can just go on Facebook and search for the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast to join us there. And finally, last but not least, maybe even arguably most importantly, do what Big Wonka did. Go leave us a rating on your favorite podcast service, Five stars only, please. Until next time, no nonsense listeners. Have a great week.